Hello everybody and welcome to episode 573 of Conversation Street. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. Uh, are you? Yeah, get on with it. Sorry, we're recording. Start recording this late already tonight. Today we're going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie shown between the 24th and the 28th of April. That's episodes 10,936 to 10,941. And I would like to say a big hello to everybody there on the Corrie subreddit as well. Hello. <laughs> Somebody made a post oh. about us on Reddit this week and got some comments and stuff. <laughs> Everyone was lovely. Nobody was out. Nobody was openly hostile. Which nobody, was lovely. no, nobody said anything too hot. Some people, somebody said we were the bee's knees. That's that was quite lovely. nice. I like that. Thank you, everyone. I mean, I, I, I do frequent the Coron Coronation Street subreddit. I have a little lurk. I don't think yeah. I've ever posted anything on there. I like to go on there and say I'm a cast member when they do. <laughs> oh yeah, they did a follow me. I, no, I didn't. I didn't. We didn't. No, and we we also we did help Charlie DeMello in setting up his AMA. On we the did. subreddit as well, didn't he? He did. He did. Kind of was talking with us before he did that. So, hello, everybody. Hope you like. <laughs> there were some people on there that, that had never even heard of us. How? How? I can't can you, believe can it. Can you believe Honestly, it? Honestly, eleven years in, almost. Thank, and uh, thank you to the person who noticed that we don't get huge views on our YouTube channel. That was nice. But it's it's true. Yeah, I, I, no, I, that's not our thing. We're a podcast. We are. But you know what? Our Charlotte Jordan interview. That's. That's racking up the views, that one, isn't Please it? Please do feel 30, free views, that to one. watch that on bad. the loop because we want to get paid. <laughs> You're always going on. Up. No, it's true. We, 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 we Michael, might... we're not all just like, you know... I'm doing this podcast clerics. out of pure benevolence, I'm not. Gemma. <laughs> what are you doing it for then? The sweet cash. Gemma's just been looking at... I'm saving up for a house in Livington that's three million seven hundred and fifty. Gemma's got pounds. this thing where she just sits on Rightmove and finds I don't the out, no, again, outrageously it's expensive houses. No, it's Reddit. It's oh, was that a Reddit one as well? Spotted on Rightmove on Reddit. It's fantastic. It's really crap houses and really amazing So houses. three and a half million pounds it's is this one you've got your eye no, on tonight, is it? I think it's it? 3.75. I don't think we'll be getting that one, my sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit out of our league. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, now, I, I would also like to say before we get started with normal podcast beginning stuff, we did have an amazing delivery of Conversation Street Patreon tote bags this week, didn't That's we? That's right. And they uh, are totally yours. <laughs> oh, yours Listen, is better. <laughs> thank you. If you are our Rovers tier or above patron member... You can't get above Rovers. Well, you could do. You just could try. Three point seven five million. No, we also need you to cover the stamp duty as well. Um, oh yeah, the stamp duty. The stamp duty is the, duty same is as the whole of our house that we're currently in. Um, so, you, if you're on, if you're on those tier, that that tier, you will be getting yourself a very fancy new bright orange tote bag with lovely long handles so you can put it over your shoulder when you're going and shopping around why not take it with you when you go on the coronation street the tour yeah it's so good you would almost think that it was designed by michael bailey no this is going to be snapped up by those american buyers i tell you <laughs> can you imagine it's it's true no it, okay maybe maybe it's no it's, they're it's very handy though. they're very nice um we will send them out to you yes, if I'm... you want to join you can go to patreon.com Slash Conversation Street. And you also, you mean you get your other bonuses as well, don't you? You get your, your monthly you get bonus episodes, you get your postcard from us, you get your you get your previews about what the podcast is. You get it's your show great. notes. It's awesome value. It really, really is. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's $10 so, a month. Thank you, everybody. Well, that, but that you get a discount. Is, there's, there's you... a, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's different tiers. There's different tiers and everything. If you want a tote bag, it's $10 a month. Um, but you it. get a discount if you pay it for a year. Yes. Um, and we... don't forget also, what? 10% of all of our Patreon 
money in a year goes to charity. Doesn't like, do. for example, uh, Vinter Morgan, who is doing... Doing his run, doing his run, doing his... nurses, <laughs> doing his CrossFit. Yeah, that's coming up um, soon. We're going to be donating to that. Why don't you join us? And we're also going to be donating to... Peter Ashes. <laughs> doing a run. He's doing a run for... Um, for MND. MND. Yes. So we'll be donating to those two. Thank you very Just much a to little our bit, patrons but, for um, helping us do that. Our big... Our big uh, big charity push is in December yeah. so um, would you I, like I'm, no I'm, I was going to say uh, come on no, I've got gone. I've got stuff to do it's gone it's gone out of my head it was something to do with tote bags but I don't know maybe it'll come back to me yes I would love to be quizzed about what happened in the past in Coronation Street in years ending in an 8 or a 3 on this particular week very is that amazing. what you got very fun best quiz ever you ready yeah. I sources yeah. information from coronationstreet.fandom.com question number one Okay, we're getting a bit, we're getting a bit much now. Twenty fourth of April. We're gonna make the, the new listeners of Reddit think that we're always this whimsical when actually well, we're when like, moan as much as the next podcast. Somebody saying, "Oh, have you heard of this podcast?" I was like, "Okay, I should probably listen to the last one we did to see what impression we give to new listeners." <laughs> and the first like five minutes, I'm like. This is lame. I hate being in the <laughs> podcast. Like, Eleven years. Week. I'm sick of it. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> we did our Saturday episode last week because you were too tired to do I it am. on Friday, and I'm you tired were just again. knocked off on Sunday. On, on, on Saturday. Right. right, go on then. Yes. Twenty fourth yes, of right. April, nineteen seventy eight. Len Fairclough goes on trial for being drunk and disorderly during whose stag night? Um. Um. Um, I don't know. If I'm gonna, are you going to give me a little thinking time? You swig your side of there. Um, I don't. I, Why are you always um, doing me like this? Why are you always giving away my secrets? Who's stag night? <laughs> I do not know. We can't guess. Ray, L- Len, Len, uh, Ray Langton. Ray Langton. Alf I Roberts. Say. Alf oh, Roberts. Dear, Twenty fourth of April, nineteen ninety eight. Who has a fight and falls off the scaffolding? <sighs> Stephen Jim McDonald. Well, I've only got Jim here. Well, he's got to have a fight with someone, hasn't he? He's pretty hard, but he needs somebody both, to beat up. They don't both fall off, though, do no, they? No, they have a fight, and he no, falls off. No, I said, off. listen, who has a fight and falls off the scaffolding? Okay, okay. Well, I'm giving well, myself a minus, mark for that one. Minus a mark no, for incompetence. One mark, one mark. And insubordination. That had, had an excellent they Zoom They get this on Mastermind, do they? They don't have people arguing back, going, no, that's not that, the question's wrong. That's because they're on time, but we've got, like, yeah, whatever, three it's hours, like, four hours, that's three normal hours for a podcast, somehow. isn't it? Right, next. 25th of April, Thank 1973. You. Shut up. Um, okay, go, go. Rude? No, sorry. Who do you know? <laughs> 25th of April. <laughs> Imagine if you tuned to Mastermind and, or, or what, University Challenge and they're like, shut up, I'm asking a question. <laughs> Be quiet. He's fairly rude. That, uh, what was his name? Jeremy Paxman. He's... He is a bit snarky, isn't mm. he? Right, go on. 20... <laughs> go on then. Nobody says go on to Jeremy Paxman. Go on, next question. Come please. on, get on with it. Crack on. We've got, we've got places to be. 25th. It's only half an hour this show. Twenty <laughs> fifth of April, nineteen seventy three. Who do Norma Ford and Elsie Howard call the health inspectors on after their house becomes overrun with vermin? Norma Ford. It's not their house. It's the person that they're calling the cops on. Norma and Elsie. Yeah. Call the health inspector yeah. on someone's house. Yeah. I'm going to say... Yeah? I'm going to say... Who? Ogden's. It's Dan Ogden. Yeah? It's Dan right? Ogden's the answer. Yes, that's all right. That's Mark. Point 25th of April, oh. 1988. 
Stop it now. I've run out of energy all of a sudden. You're only eight minutes in, Gemma. <laughs> what revelation does Audrey make to Gail following a visit to Canada? Um, she. When was this? 1998. 1988. 1988. Oh. Mm. Well, it's surely something. Um, mm. Something Stephen or Malcolm Reed related. I'm gonna say maybe. Revelations. Okay, I'm going to say she's got a half brother called Stephen Reed. Yeah, she had a yeah. child called Stephen. And he's still kick, he's still alive and kicking. Here's my here's a question related to that. Mm. What is Stephen Reed's biological father called? I don't know. Can you hear Alexa's? Alexa is speaking. I, I don't know. I no, know what his adoptive Alexa. father is, but um, I, no, be quiet, Alexa. Oh my god. Right, who is it? What is it? Jeff, she's still talking in the other room. Jeff Masters. Jeff Masters. That's good. No, That's I a good question. I think it's a good that question. That's a good question. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Yeah. He you're welcome, back, everybody. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, I wonder if he's got any children. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Because they would be also a half brother yeah. or sister. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I, th- I was thinking about that earlier today and I thought that just that would just get far too complicated, wouldn't it? Because I don't really know how much people like current slash casual viewers of Coronation Street really know about Stephen. I don't think like, uh, no. Do some people go wonder like why why does this guy just have a random accent, <laughs> Canadian accent out of nowhere? I don't know. Right, 27th of April 2018. Which new business opens and who are the owners? Oh, it was Speed Doll. I yeah. saw a tweet about this. Who owners owned it at the time? Imran Habib. And? Zidane Nazir. Correct. Yeah, how many you get points like three do I get? Points for that? Oh, thanks. One, I still deducting a point because go. you you criticised my question. No, it's a great question. Twenty seventh of April, two thousand and three. Who shreds Dev's clothes after claiming that he was leading them on? Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that? I didn't even know I they know. dated. Well, they, they, they Tracy ended up in bed with Dev, didn't she? A year after Dev had. Um, oh yeah. Bonked to Deirdre. Mm. 28th of April 2008 final question first appearance of an old flame of a major character who discovers they have not just children or grandchildren but great grandchildren <sighs> lovely gay Ted lovely gay Ted oh brilliant oh that was good what was that yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and 8 8, eight, eight, eight out of 10 I'll tell you that for my 3 points for whatever it was I got 3 points for good quiz Jammer. Do you think that Stephen's got any questions. secret children? Does he have any actual children? Maybe. Right, Maybe. birthdays. We've got a mystery birthday. Mm-hmm. 30th of April could be Tanisha Gorey's birthday. Or it could be the 9th of June. Or it could be the 24th of July. Oh, yeah. There was a bit of mystery about when her birthday was last year, wasn't I don't know when her birthday is. I remember people wishing her happy like... birthday on Instagram or whatever last year, but I can't remember which date it was that she said, no, it's not my birthday. Is it? Is she like the Queen? On, Where she next. had like two birthdays. Yes. She's got three. That's what she is. 3rd of May, Tommy Boyle played Phil Jennings. 4th of May, Lisa Jo Hudson, who played Katie Harris. 5th of May, Bill Ward, who played Charlie Stubbs. And Judy Foy, who played Gina Sudden the First. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, birthday. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, great. It's congratulations, birthday. Okay, well, um, let's talk about this week's coronation show. You ready? Yeah. You ready, Chuck? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> 
Right, so street talk for this week. I, I got a feeling this isn't going to be a long one today. I, I was you, you enjoyed this week's curry quite a lot, didn't you? You, I, you had a couple I, of bangers. Did I? Did I? Did you? Or maybe it was I just like one. Today. I no, we I, we said that Monday was banging. I agreed with that, and then I just felt like it fell a little bit flat after that. I can't listen. I, no, I shall have nothing said I, against. I, I thought Uncle the first Steven. first one was great. I thought Wednesdays were just miserable and depressing, mm. all round really. Yeah. And t- today's one was so so, but there are a few little interesting mystery twists that then turned into oh, actually, it's not as interesting oh, as you really well, I think. Thought it was fine. But you you enjoyed it, didn't you? But I, I don't know. We we might not go on for too long. I also you know I want to I want to have a little play. On I'm a switch before I go to bed as well because I did get two new games this week. <laughs> They're quite meaty, chunky games, and I'd quite like to have a little play of them before Betty buys. But we'll see how that goes. My my two favourite people this week, just before we even get going into it, were uh, Shona I... and Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was well, so you doing your character of the week already? Was you just giving yourself a couple of hours to Steven. put it out there to get the decision? Character of the week, Stephen. Give this week uh, three and a half out. Of Five uh, Club and Vickers, let's go. No, you spoil it now. You got to give it all something I... completely different. Now we are going to start off with the Paul storyline. You know what happened to him this week? Got um... pulled over. Oh. Pulled over by the police. Also, kind of obviously tragic as well because he thinks his life is over. Um, we had um, some what? For God's sake. Well, no, that's what I said. That's what he thinks. So flippant. That's what he thinks. Um, he got a bit of a bad diagnosis this week, didn't he? A bit of a bad. He? It was devastating. It wasn't that devastating because they didn't have the sound um, effect going. No. No, stop it. Um, we have the explicit consent warning. Um, we have a Free Ruf- laptops. Rufus Killer as well. Um, and then we got a couple of terrible storyline titles, including Lies in Eliza, because Hope is lying to her. Yeah, Gemma's face is contorted up there. The forehead is not enjoying that one. I'm not happy with it. You can't do much with Eliza, can you? Um, we had yes, a spot- you can. Will you come up with one then? We got um, Acid Ryan <laughs> and also Gemma's um, contribution oh, to our no, storyline naming uh, this week. Kitten kerfuffle with the George building a boat storyline. They, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, if somebody doesn't he's certainly building a model boat in his lounge. Come out with that Jaws line for this storyline, then it's no point doing it. Scale model of the Golden Hind. You know what I call um, Eileen's lounge at the moment? Hind quarters. That why don't you use that then? I just thought of it. Um, and we had a little bit of the Hodgehog story as well. Gemma, you want? Do you know what line I'm referring to in Jaws? Gonna get a bigger boat. Yeah, I'm just making sure because I didn't know if you. Knew. I've seen Jaws. I know Jaws. I love Jaws. That giant whale in it. It's right. Ba- it's basically like Moby Dick. <laughs> um, so you you wanted to start off with the Paul story, probably. Because Did I? You, well, you, no, you didn't. You want to do the Stephen storyline, and that's third on our list. And if we're doing our alternating storyline, you think I'm not gonna be? I'm you're, I'm gonna be not sensitive enough if I do the no, Paul storyline. So um, I'm gonna pass this over to you. Oh. Go on. You got that miserable storyline. I got the miserable rape storyline. And then you got the fun serial killing storyline. <laughs> so it's fine. This was horrible. This was just horrible. I I think Paul was really right when... Was it Paul? I can't remember. He, he said something. Somebody said something about, you know, if you, you think that cancer is the worst thing you can get. But at least if you got told you had cancer, there might be a chance that you can do something about it. This is just the most awful thing. I did, I, I, I like that line, but equally lots of people get told they have cancer and told there's nothing we can do. I know, I know. He has got, I mean, the, the diagnosis or the prognosis. This is horrible. He, he, he hasn't, he ain't got long left possibly, has he? But I mean, I, I don't know whether he's going to make it for three years. 
but um, <sighs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes, won't we? We all knew this was coming. Um, it, it, you know, they, they wouldn't have gone through the whole rigmarole of maybe you've got MND and then made it all, you know. No, they did that with Daisy with her breast cancer. Oh, yeah, I yeah, but... Mm, take the, you out. The way that it was, it's been going. It's the fact that they've been going on about it on social media and doing special yeah. photo shoots that's been difficult to pretend I haven't seen. Yeah, and and yeah, it, and and just the way that Paul's been acting and everything, it's it's been feeling like it's, it's definitely incredibly go that way. sad and. It really does suck for Paul, and well, it and sucks I'm not, for anybody who's good. Well, yeah, of course, is... of course. Um, and I'm no, I've, I've not, you know, hidden the fact that I'm not Paul's biggest fan. Um, I, You're I, calling her, a, him a boring martyr, as far as I. Recall. He has been a bit of a martyr this year, and um, and I maybe I feel a bit bad about that now, being a bit of a do-gooder. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. And I, why do I you think, always I think say that this? Because I wouldn't. It's true. You can't wish illness on people. Why does? Why do people say I this? I have powers. Wouldn't wish you not. Wouldn't of. wish this on my worst enemy. Um, well, go no, ahead. I think, do I you think worst? that Peter Ash is going to do a good job, and this week has proven that because he has been absolutely superb in his performances. Oh, I think. So lots sad. of good crying. Lots of. Oh. I can't really, honestly. It's psychologically damaging. Mm. Anyway, watching this. Do you, would you like to? Um, would you like to give a? Little rundown of what's been going on here. He finds out he's got it. Yeah. What more is there? To, what there is more to say. Go on. Oh, Synopsisize, okay. please. Right. So Billy, as as usual, anytime anyone's got something horrible or a secret, their their other half is just overly lovely and attentive to try to make it even worse. <laughs> so Billy's like, oh, let's go for lunch. Well, Paul says he wants to take him out for lunch. Just a couple of toasties, even though he's poor. Because Billy's he's so like, benevolent and kind. Yeah, I'm, I don't I don't actually do any work. I, I don't really know what an archdeacon does. I still haven't worked it out. Oh, so, hang on a minute. I've got to crown the king in a few weeks' time. I suppose I better be on, get on that side. Oh, yeah, I've got to wear a nice dress and walk <laughs> down the middle of the abbey. Westminster Abbey. Mm. I've got to escort the Stone of Scone. What's that? The Stone of Destiny, Michael, oh. from Scotland. Uh, is it who gets to carry the holy hand grenade? <laughs> <laughs> Princess Anne, from what I've read. <laughs> what I've read. Um, okay, da- Damon's on the phone to the bloke. This car. So he remember he stole Rufus's car. Yes. Before Rufus was was murdered. Oh, Paul did. Paul did. But Damon's the person. Yes, that... I'm just saying that. Okay. Damon's on the phone to the bloke who's got the car sold to him. Niall. And he's looking. He's looking at paper, going. This guy's died. This car is is hot property. I can't. Uh, and Damon takes the bin, the newspaper out of the bin, and is like, "Oh, I'm stressed." So he goes and drags Paul away from his gorgeous toasty lunch with Billy, <laughs> and he says, "I've got to talk to you about the bistro." So they're going to stand in the middle of the street and have a conversation about stealing cars. And uh, Neil's uh, not Niall. Niall, yeah. But with two L's, it's like Phil with two L's. <laughs> I, I don't know how many L's Niall has got. Could have five for all. Why I doesn't know. Damon have like two N's on the end? <laughs> <sighs> Paul with two U's. Um, Damon sells. Paul, get rid of this car. We 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 don't want to upset Niall, Niall, and he's a bit annoyed. So sort this car out. Get rid of it. So Paul goes and gets this car, and he get and he's trying to change the radio and he looks down and his his hand becomes weak and he pulls over he like swerves all over the road right as a police car's following him 
And the police... Can I just say, I appreciated the location shoot. I always have to give a shout out to when they actually do a bit of driving on a real road and everything. Nice. Yeah, good job. Paul says, I don't... More often, please. I just swerved to avoid a cat. And, and the policeman's like, all right, okay. He's about to let him go. When... <laughs> You've written Craig, but it's Paul. It is when, Paul. Um... <laughs> I've written Craig twice. Maybe I'm just wishing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his colleagues like this isn't right and and so the police officer says get out of the car are you are you sure this is your car it's not your car is it and paul's like oh dear no comment no comment um and he's being interviewed we cut to the um police station and they're saying you you did you kill rufus and he's like what he's, he's no commenting and then they they drop this on him and he says no i i didn't I, I didn't kill him. Yeah, he, he, he was, at this point says exactly what happened, doesn't what he? What exactly he happened? He, oh, took he, the he keys. swiped it when this guy Rufus, wasn't looking. yeah. He didn't even know who Rufus is. No. Well, just some Swiss guy that was hanging around the street. Then uh, with very bad taste in interior decorating. Mm. Even though he rented it. So is that just is that just sp- uh, smearing the dead, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, Sounds like saying that Adaf went on Walking Dead, isn't it? Like, oh, got a bit uh, of zombie on the windscreen, just... Or a smear of the dead off the windscreen. <laughs> Dee Dee turns up and, and says, oh, I'm the duty solicitor. And I know that you said you don't want any representation, but tough. I've heard you've been arrested, so I've come to help you. And it's, it's DC... DS, yes, I don't know much. the difference. So it's all the same to me. DS Swain says, um, Paul's, Paul's confessed to stealing a card's worth £50,000. And Dee Dee's like, <laughs> what the heck? So she gets given some alone time so she can talk to him about this. Dee Dee's like the hot, the like the um, what's the like the guardian of secrets this week because she knows all about Damon and Sarah and now she knows all about Paul. Yeah. Um. Don't know. Don't know what she's gonna do with all this information. I would use it to blackmail everybody, but she's too nice. So, Paul says I just stole it because I needed the money, and then he says I'm already looking at a life sentence, and he tells Dee Dee he's got an appointment tomorrow. But either way, his hand's useless. And Dee Dee says, oh, we can use this to, to explain why you nicked the car. And he says, no, it's a secret. I don't want anyone, Billy, I don't want anybody to know about this. And Dee Dee says, well, no, we need to tell them. Um, but before they can have a conversation, Swain comes back in and restarts the interview. And she tells him that they've got to keep him in overnight because they weren't going to get CCTV of the surrounding area. And this is uh, what he's got this, supposed to got, have this appointment. So His hand appointment oh, no. the next day, Will he make it to the appointment? On Wednesday, Didi comes to visit Paul and says there's evidence that Rufus wasn't dead when you nicked the car. So you're, you're off the hook for that, but you're still going to be charged with stealing the car because you kind of admit that you did it. <laughs> so Paul tells Billy... That he and Dee Dee got drunk last night and she stayed. he stayed at her house and then he lies about the hospital appointment being moved so that Billy won't go with him. But Dee Dee invites herself so she can be in, involved in the drama. So they go to the hospital together, sitting in the waiting room and Paul is asking Dee Dee about stories about living in America. And, and she's saying, oh, it's it's so nice. Like, I saw people on a... Well, she's talking about like beach thingies, doesn't she? Beach fun times. Santa and... Monica yeah. Beach. I saw people on our Facebook group saying it's not actually that nice there. But well, Dee Dee's just like nice bragging, isn't she? Out. Just bragging. Yeah. Um, Paul says, will you take me 
one day and she says, of course I will. But she looks upset. They're, they're very anxious. He talks about his hand being bad and she says, let's still hope you get it back to normal. Then this guy, the consultant comes oh, and calls him in. He seems like, you know, the, the, if, I, if I was called into a medical rating room by somebody as jovial as that consultant, I'd be like, oh, I think it's going to be all right. Because he's like, hello, is that Paul here? Well, Paul, nice to see you. Come inside. No, it's horrible. Die. It's horrible. So Paul gets told his diagnosis. He's got limb onset motor neuron disease. Some people die within three years, but some people live longer. But they need to assess him. They need to more information yeah the, the more that say. the more that they kind of look into his condition and assess him and check him and everything then they'll the, know the better the chances he's how got how big the hourglass is yeah so and, and the better that they can you know deal with him and try and help. help him yeah paul can't take this he just walks out and Dee sat there so she runs after him and um he's he runs into the car park and somebody's parked right next to him and he gets mad and he he's shouting about this car being parked too close to them and she's trying to to get the keys in the ignition and it, then he just bursts into tears. This is just awful. This story is awful. This is just tragic. I can't cope with this storyline. Back at the flat, Paul tells Dee Dee about... He's like, do you know what else? Do you know what else? Not only this, but also when I was a child, I was abused. Yeah, that's right. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then and this is when he said and that was before I was even in the show I oh, know he's saying I can't even catch a break this is at least if it was cancer then I'd have a chance he says and then if you were there Michael you'd have said no some people with cancer just die yeah some people some with people cancer it's already too late for them too so that that's nice to know isn't it mm. so Dee Dee just holds his hand and says just cry shout do whatever you need I'm here for you and he's like, well, my life's over. I'll never be able to do anything now. Uh, nothing I wanted to do is going to happen. I wanted to support my family. I'm not going to do that. I can't have any kids. Can't do this. It's ugh. like three years. And it, you don't even know how how you're going to be in in that time. It's not like you've got three great years, is it? No. This is just the worst thing ever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, knowing this is horrible. Where, where it goes. I, I, I literally, I don't, I don't know how quickly it... Sure, we'll find out. So he, she says, look, we'll, we'll support you. Your family will support you. You don't need to think about that. They're, they're there for you now. Yeah. So Paul goes back to Billy's house and then a- Amy is, someone's talking about Amy and... and um, All her dramas that's going on. Oh, Amy's fallen over. And, it, you know, he can't really say anything about his news if he even was going to because he's just dumbstruck by sad Amy's news and then Billy says oh we should go to Fizz's salsa lessons <laughs> and Paul's like oh I can't commit one way or the other on that I'm afraid goes back to Dee Dee's flat and she can tell he hasn't told Billy and she tells him you have to you have to tell Billy and Paul says don't tell him about this and don't tell him about this court case either court date I mean it's a secret keep a secret please for no reason Friday, Paul's got this court date set, set and Dee Dee says, if you go eat, if you tell them who it is that you were going to sell the car to, they might be lenient. So in the pub, Billy's telling Todd that he feels the same, not right with Paul. Oh yeah, because Todd had to try and convince Billy. Billy thinks that maybe Paul's got another another guy on the uh, on the hook, mm. doesn't he? But Todd's like, no, no, no. 
I wonder whether Billy's going to suspect that Paul and Billy are seeing each other. Billy's going to suspect Paul and Billy are seeing no, each sorry, other. No, sorry, Billy and Todd. No, Billy's going to suspect Paul and Todd, maybe. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Mm. I could do without all this extra drama. I honestly wish that Coronation Street would stop layering drama on top of other things. You know? It, well, no, I don't feel like we, we need it all the time. I think it's bad enough. Mm. I do wish that... Paul had just told Billy. I mean, it's it's kind of standard practice, really, isn't it, for somebody to get a diagnosis wow. on Coronation Street? You know, fifty percent chance very, they're not going to tell their loved ones immediately. I think it's human nature not to. It's yeah. I mean, I feel like you definitely you, it's true to life for some people. You, if you don't say anything, then it's not true. Hmm. So, but he's so brave and he didn't want to upset shut Paul, Billy. Up. You're horrible. Damon gets a worrying phone call and rushes to find Paul at the bistro and. He, he's heard that Paul's been arrested and Paul says, no, I'm not going to dob anyone in. And Damon says, well, you better because this guy and his brother don't mess with them because... Could beat you up. They'll give you three years to live. Mm. Mm. Later on, Dee Dee tells Paul that he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he should tell the courts about his diagnosis. But he says, no, if I say that, then it will be in the papers. I think he overestimates how competent <laughs> the... De- well, also, like... What? Coronation Street happenings are always going onto the front page of the Gazette, aren't they? World's most unfortunate street, street has a yet another diagnosis of misery. So he does it. Yeah, he doesn't want Billy and Gemma to find out about this. He wants to keep everything on the down low until after Gemma gets married. And then he watches a. He, they claim it's a rom-com. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Paul wants to watch. I can't remember what it was. And Billy's like, oh, can we watch a rom-com, please? And Billy's like, uh, Paul's like, oh, yeah, go on then, if you if you must. I thought that might and give him a good laugh. And then just crying his eyes all out all the it. way through it. I mean, it can't have been the birdcage. That's no. what I'd watch. Like, for some reason, it keeps coming up on suggested clips for me on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And every single time I see it, I have to watch a bit still of it. Not, still it's the best. It. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, we've had this discussion it's on the amazing. podcast before. I've okay, still never seen right, we've got to watch cage. it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Okay. Maybe okay. they were watching The Birdcage and he was crying because Maybe. of Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, well, Paul, Paul was, yeah, he was... Oblivious. Billy was like, um, like you know, well, you know, this is, you're not usually like this. You don't usually cry. And Paul's obviously thinking, oh, look how happily ever after these He's two people He's probably just crying, going, I've only got three years left and I'm watching this crap. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, yeah, a oh. bit, 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 what is why there to say? They... Oh, that was sad. This is horrible. This is so horrible. Yeah. Why don't they make up funny diseases for Coronation Street? That people could die of because they can't raise awareness of fake diseases. Can I they? guess this is I guess this is important because I actually I know that is MND the same as ALS. Oh, uh, yes, I think yes, yes. I'm going to say yes. Um, because I but not the same as AHS, which is American Horror <sighs> Story. I knew that 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 was hor- I I didn't really know much about it to be honest. I knew that there was the ice bucket challenge. No, I didn't. I didn't really. And know. to be honest. I found that so obnoxious that I didn't find out any more about mm. any any of it. I am kind of morbidly curious to see where this story's going in the same way that I was kind of quite curious to find out what was going to be underneath Ryan's bandages. But I do think that yeah. it's going to be very, very, very miserable. It's morbidly curious in the same way that you're morbidly curious about what happens if you pick a scab off. Like, you know what's going to happen. 
Mm. It's going to be horrible. Yeah, but I'm I'm just I'm still really wondering how how much what are they, they going to show? How yeah, what are they going to do with with Peter with Peter Ash? How how far are they going to take it? I mean, like with Haley's um, when she had her terminal cancer, I think I mean, one of the reasons that they got possibly they made the character take her own life is so that they didn't have to show her wasting away quite so much as, as you might do. I, d- I don't know. I mean, we've, um, we've both known and loved people who have wasted away from a disease. Yeah. And it's horrific. Yeah. I don't want to see it on television. <laughs> but what's the alternative? The only alternative I can think people of building kit boats in their he goes, lounge. he goes away somewhere, like you know, when your dog, when your kid goes to live on a farm, mm. or he kills himself, which I think would be dreadful because there are people who are watching this who are going through this. There are people who are watching this who know somebody who might have a diagnosis of this. Do you really want to go? Yeah, there's no, there's nothing you can do. Really, you might as well just. Die. Yeah, no, I'd say that. Yeah, that's so horrible. Yeah, and it, yes, it it's more convenient for us, and it, in a way, it would be easier for the audience if that happened, mm. because we don't have to be, you know, watch him suffer. But that's no way to w- raise awareness, is it, no. for this? I thought that the um, the comment that Paul made about um, not wanting to tell people before Gemma's wedding, it kind of makes me think it's, it's either going to be, be at, the at or very, very nearly after the wedding that this comes out, which is, I don't know, I guess at some point in the next couple of months. How would you feel if you were getting married and somebody was going through this and they didn't tell you until right after? Um, I don't know how I'd feel. Probably, I probably I would be why. secretly feeling kind of grateful. Would you? Well, yeah, maybe that it didn't ruin my big day, and but it's, I, I'm, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be very miserable and sad. It's not necessarily got a whole load of characters that I'm especially invested in. See, with with the Sinead and Daniel storyline, I did really like Sinead and Daniel, and with this, you got Billy, you got Summer, you got Gemma, you got Paul. Oh, I, I, I don't know, but it's it's going to be a big one. I'm, I'm thinking this is going to make me more interested in Paul. I, just, yeah. I know that Peter Ash is going to do a brilliant, brilliant yeah, job. Is. I've got no doubt about that whatsoever. But It is interesting, like, how do they pick which character to do this to? Because do they... I mean, I'm not... With the best one in the world, Paul... Can you stop fidgeting? What are you doing? Sorry. Well, are you right? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Paul is not... my bum, all right? <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. You were standing there... You Sorry. Um, okay, can I continue? Yes. Paul's not everyone's favourite character. Like, let's be diplomatic here. If they did this to somebody like Daisy, say, or Carla, would there just be riots? Is that what they do? Like, oh, let's sacrifice somebody lower down on the popularity scale because the trauma would be too much. No, no, I don't think so. I, I think, if anything, the storyline would hit better if it was one of the the more loved to characters. I think if it was somebody that I cared about, I would be sick. I wouldn't be able to watch it. I mean, it's bad enough. Sinead, I didn't really like Sinead at all. Um, if one of my favourite characters went through something like this, I, I would have to not watch it. Well, thank goodness we... Thank goodness it's not. It's only Paul. Um, are you... What, it's what, too horrible. I don't know what... Uh, at least what I just is, don't know what the purpose is. At least what's good at this, I think, is the DD and Paul stuff. And Dee Dee's been on the show for, what, six, seven months now? And she's 
she went through quite a what a stretch of just kind of semi being in it and you know being in the background a bit but it feels like this storyline could potentially be the making of Dee Dee. she's not just you know the hotshot lawyer who's also kind of kooky and forgetful she's actually a really lovely person and and to see this little blossoming friendship between her and Paul and and keeping the secrets and everything I think this is going to do her quite a lot of good I wonder whether she's like could she talk to could she talk to her mum about it you know medical professional what's what's what, what's Aggie gonna do go oh god really <laughs> that's not so bad don't worry about it. no I don't know there's I... no it's not so bad about this no I know I know um yeah have you have you have you enjoyed Dee Dee being the confidant I kind of like her. I like, yeah, I know. It's like, did you enjoy having a prawn cocktail while you were burning in hell? Like, I normally <laughs> would like it, but I don't like being on fire. Good point, good point. <laughs> um, and, and then, of course, we've got the whole um, extra layer of misery with the court thing coming I up. I can do without this. What's the... I, I see. I was still thinking that this was going to be linked to the Stephen storyline, and, and, and as in, yeah. like, has Paul like seen was... anything? But I think after everything else that's happened this week, it feels like Paul had absolutely no idea that Stephen was there, and it just was a kind of nice, convenient kind of crossover thing. Um, mm. But okay. Well, I mean, I said a minute ago. I don't know what what this is for, and I, we all know what this is for. This is to raise awareness, and yes. It is really important, and you know, just wish. Oh, oh just. I'm wish already getting you... my awareness raised. of acid in the face, though. My awareness can only go so high. It's it's the most horrible thing. This is just horrible. Well, let's talk about some rape. Then, I wish I had something we? clever or insightful or or reassuring or or funny to say about this, but I I just it's just horrible. But I do have another tragedy to share with everybody. A fly flew, on my, flew into my cider. A fly's flown into your cider? Yeah. Is it floating around in there or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's oh, tragic. It's really like... tragic. Oh, he's probably had a good time for a little bit. Right, I'm going to talk about the Amy storyline. It's tragic let's, for me, let's... not the fly. What oh, do you okay. mean? It's my tragedy. He's dead now. Nothing can hurt him. Right, so anymore. Amy is getting in, uh, getting made up for this party on Monday. It's Nina's 21st birthday, and I do feel that she was shafted somewhat in the uh, whole party. Oh, you can't say space. that in this storyline. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, because it was really all about Aaron and Amy, and it just so happened <clears throat> that Nina's party was the vessel with, in which this um, drama could take place on Monday night. I need to do a critique. Asha and Amy, party planning committee, worst in Weatherfield. Why? They spent all their time running around trying to organise something, forgot to book the venue properly, and then when it turned out that they had the party in the flat, their idea of decorating it was just to put... like skulls everywhere. They they had Nina masks. Did you see the Nina masks? Yeah, but they didn't even make a thing out of it. No, they didn't. Nobody wore them, did they? It's awful. Oh well. You only get to be twenty-one once. You have to wait till you're thirty for the next Mate's good one. Megan. And even then, you're just sad. I, I think had a great thirtieth birthday yeah, party. Tw- thank you very much. Why? It was on my Nintendo dress-up theme party. Oh, you yeah. must remember that. Of course. How could I forget? <laughs> but you know, twenty-one's the last proper you can celebrate and be happy that you're. Still got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. When you, you know, if you're a goth like Nina, then that's probably a bad thing. When you age, you're like, yes, closer to death. <laughs> right, so she's getting ready for this party on Monday and Steve and Tracy are saying, oh, I 
daughter was so proud of you for getting getting back on track, getting back to a normal life and everything. And Amy says, yes, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. She kind of drops off because she doesn't want mum and dad fussing over her. Right, can you... Then Asha comes in Hang and on. says, oh, we've got so much to arrange because we only decided to do this big party last episode. Can you remind me where we are with who knows what about Amy? Has she, at this point, told them that she wasn't raped? Yes. Okay, yes. so this Monday we start off with... Everyone thinks... Oh, it's just confused. Yes. Okay. Indeed. So, um, Nina comes round to number seven later. They kind of take the party planning over there. And Nina comes round so they have to kind of hide it all away and everything. And they all make these terrible excuses about why they can't meet with her tonight. Um, this is somebody, so... Some, I can't remember. Lame. Somebody says that they're babysitting. Oh, was, it, was this... Somewhere, I can't remember this. They're saying, well, we've got a babysit someone. And then they, Nina says, who? And they're like, a baby. A baby. <laughs> yeah. And then again, he says she's got an eyebrow boy as well as a new okay. It's they, like, what, why do, why, why? why? She should have known. She should have known. If people start being very cagey around you on your birthday on Coronation Street, there's a pretty high chance that someone's going to jump out, shout surprise at yeah. you and blow a pop party popper in your face. But I'm very anxious and paranoid so if I was having my 21st birthday party and everybody was like, oh, no, we can't hang out with you. Uh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I can't spend your birthday with you. I would go and like hide in the woods and they'd never find me again. Because I'd assume that they were telling the truth and they didn't like me. Oh. So it's a good job Nina's a real goth then, exactly. isn't it? Um, so um, so she 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 kind of heads off again. She seems to buy this, like, doesn't Nina? Screw you guys. So Asher the then gets a phone call from the venue, and apparently, oh, they've got no record of her booking there. She checks her email, and whoopsie daisy, accidentally booked a bar with the same name in a different town. It's a bit like in Salford booking the wrong yeah. alchemist by mistake. Nobody would do that. Nobody That's would do stupid. that. So anyway, this party is proper doomed. Um, so they go to the cafe later and say, right crisis panic stations what on earth can we do here no idea says everybody where on earth could we go i mean there is the bistro perhaps or oh, speed maybe dial? speed dial or you know what chariot square i hear that that's quite good do you know but... where i would go where for nina's party mm? the haunted snooker hall ah oh, yes they should do bet nobody was down there yeah she, that would have been right up her street. Thank you. I am an epic party planner. Yeah. But anyway, no, something else comes along and it's, of course, their old flat, which I think is now standing empty, isn't it? Ed's still trying to get somebody to Who move in there. Who was he trying there. to fleece money off but that had to move out because he didn't have any? All of them, I think. Who was the last person that Amy, was in there? Aaron, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was Aaron. I think Aaron was the last one in there, like, yeah. Well done, Ed. Mm. Anyway, he comes in, Aaron does. He's always following around. Like, wherever Amy is this week, Aaron seems to wander in not long after. And he says, oh, you know what? I've still got the keys to my old flat. Maybe you can have your secret party there. Ardy's there with them as well and says, brilliant, jumps at the chance. But Aaron says, have a good time. He's in fair play to him. He's not trying to wangle an invite to this party. Because he realises that could be somewhat awkward. Inconsiderate. But then Ardy's like, Aaron... You're brilliant. I reckon you should come along to this party. No, hang on. Amy's like, Ardy says, oh, I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. And, Amy, and then Amy's like, oh, yeah, Amy's care. like, oh, well, Whatever. fine. If he wants to come along to the party, Whatever. then he might as well come to the party then. And Ardy's like, hey, brilliant. He's my mate and my bro. Guy, you're coming to this party with me. Um, and, and Aaron is quite pleased with this invitation. So, go to the flat. Summer's trying to say, um, 
look, if 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 we can uninvite him, if we if you want to, Amy, and Amy's just like no changes. She's trying to trying to be brave, bless her, isn't she? And show that it's not it's not having any effect on her. But, but also, like, really does Nina really want Aaron? At her, like, is she? Des- is it going to ruin the party if he's not there? No. <laughs> um, exactly. So anyway, they start decorating the flat with their skulls and their Nina masks and everything. And, and Amy's there. This is the, probably the, one of the only times that she's been up there since, um, since the incident yeah. happened. And she has a, she's hoovering up or sweeping up, isn't she? And she has a, a sad glance, bedroom woods. And, um, well, she's being re- re-traumatised. Yes. So um, party gets started. Aaron comes up to Amy and says, oh, I should thank you for your in- for my invite here. Can we bury the hatchet? And she's like, in your back, maybe, or in your head or something. I can't remember where she says. So Nina makes a thank you speech and is especially thankful to Aaron for helping to sort the venue this evening. And, and Aaron's there, totally chilled. There's, there's been a couple of times since this has all happened where he believes that he's completely got away with it he's not sure he thinks that there's anything to get away with and, and during the parties there's kind of lounged out on the sofas he's got at least three women fawning over his foppish head gorgeousness and he he's says like, oh, not, we I'm... should start doing shots well hey i'm cool party guy aaron I'm not even a junior mechanic anymore. I'm a normal mechanic. Yeah, he probably should have used that chat outline, shouldn't he? Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, Amy and Summer are just watching there from the back, clearly uncomfortable. Not only that he's here, but he also seems to be, you know, the one that's drawing all the attention at the party. And then Aaron at one point goes up to Amy and says, oh, you know what, Amy, I'm glad that, you know, me and you, we're cool now. I'm glad, you know, we've drawn a line under this. And she's like, no way are we cool. I don't want anything to do with you. She tries to walk off and he like grabs on her arm. He grabs hold of her forearm, doesn't he, to try and stop her. And she's like, beats his chest, storms off. And um, so she goes over to Seb's garden in with Addy and Summer in hot pursuit. What's going on, they say? You, you, uh, I thought, you know, I thought things were okay-ish with you. And she's like, no, you know what? I'm not lying about this anymore. I was raped by everyone's favourite nice guy, Aaron Sanford. And nobody believes me. Not even the police. People all think it's in my head. All the girls think Aaron's so lovely. Total legend. And Aaron, Summer and Aaron are like, not me, not me, Amy. I think he's an idiot as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that it's nice that she's got people who have her back. It is very nice indeed. This is a really... I'm, I'm, I like this story. I think this is a good story. Though. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of sad and tragic and miserable. But I'm enjoying think... the mix of characters in here. And it's... Yeah, this it's is... interesting seeing how it's kind of twisting and turning and, and This you know. isn't this is yeah, maybe yeah, tragic, but it's not bleak. It's you know, it's not like in inescapably bleak. No. No. I mean the bleakness for Amy is that she could go the rest of her life with No justice. Yeah, exactly, not feeling like he's got what's coming to him or But or, she's and, and, th- and she feels like everyone's going to go ahead or, or going to live the rest of their lives believing that she's a bit of a drama queen and made it up or, or what have you. Well, she's got people that believe her at least. Yeah, exactly, you exactly. And, and 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 what a lovely pair. Especially Ardy. Ardy was... was this is... This is um. This is Ardy's doing all yeah, right for himself. Yeah, on Monday and Wednesday's episode. Um, well, especially Monday. Well, tell me what oh, happens. Right, okay. They, so, so Ardy and go back to the flat. flat. 
Ardy chucks Aaron's and bin bags and says, right, make yourself useful. The, the party's kind of all well, gone like, well, I mean, Amy's sort after. of ruined the party, hasn't she? Yeah, thanks, Amy. Um, I think that, yeah, Nina wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, she, they want to head on into town, don't they? And Ardy says, Asher and Nina, you, you, you go there. We'll leave the two guys to stay around and we'll, we'll tidy up. If I was Nina, I'd say... Yeah, I'm not going to tidy up my own party. Yeah, no, exactly. Thank you. So <laughs> Steve and Tracy, meanwhile, are in the pub talking about Amy and they're saying, oh, I hope she's enjoyed tonight because you know what? This could be a positive step forward for her, you know, getting her back to life, to back to normal. So then we have some great scenes between Aaron and Ardy, just the two of them left alone in this flat. This and Aaron's great. saying, look, I swear to you, mate, I did not take advantage of Amy. It's the AA club. And it, it's, it's, it is, again. And he, he says, look, it's, it's her word against mine. Uh, Amy says she was passed out and that she was too drunk to consent, says Ardy. But Aaron's like, no, no, mate, look, she, he's been... Ta- he's been... Um, no, I've, been... I've been... I've been saying the same story since the start that she was well up for it. It's, this is the truth. Amy, on the other hand, took three weeks to even report this so-called rape to the police. Can't you see that she's making it up? She's, she's you know, pretending. And, and, you know, and who did the police end up believing at the end of it? Mm? Me, Aaron, handsome Aaron. Mm. I am 100% handsome and also innocent. Yeah. But now this is on my permanent record. Oh. My permanent police record. Oh. It's, it sounds like, like, you know, the permanent record you have in, in, in America. Is this, is this really true? Well, uh, yeah, he says he's on the... But yeah, going to be flagged on the say? sex offenders register or it, or whatever. But yeah, there, there'll be some kind of register. I suppose there has to be a register, you know, a recording of the complaint. Yeah, it's like, yeah, schools will have systems mm. where you, if, if children are involved in, in whatever, then they'll be like flagged up, what type of incident is this? Is this, is this you know, verbal, um, is, is this, is this a beating, is this kind of be- violence or, or is it bullying or is it, mm. or is it whatever? And so it's, even if they're not, you know, found that they've had anything to do with it necessarily, the fact that they'll be, I guess There'd that be a makes flag sense. It is a bit scary, isn't it? Like if he really hadn't done this. Yeah, um, this is like um, this is like with Jackson in that storyline, wasn't it? Because didn't he say on Monday that he wanted to do some kind of something or other working with kids, and if he was going to get um, in trouble for for having a go in the, whoever it was in the pub, that um, you're looking confused. We'll get to that storyline later. Don't talk to me about anything else. So I only want to know about Aaron. Ardy says right. I didn't actually realise that you, it was on your permanent record. That's kind of sucky. Oh, no. And Aaron's like, who, who is the real victim here? It's Door post uh, bursts open. It's, <laughs> it's Alia. Me, it's me, everyone. I'm the da, real da, victim. Da, 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 da. Oh, I thought you were introducing here. me. Um, so he offers Ardy a beer. So it looks like, you know, that Ardy on his side. seems to be on his yeah. side at this point. We're coming Who closer to it. So meanwhile, Amy and Summer are back at Billy's flat later. Amy's kicking herself for changing her story before. She says, look, it was only to protect myself. And Summer's like, oh, why are you not more angry about it? I'd be fuming if this was me. And Amy says, look, you know, I haven't, I haven't got the energy to be angry. I just want to go home, get to bed, put the covers over me and for this all to be over. Meanwhile, back at um, Party Central, Aaron's getting a little bit tiddly, having a laugh with Ardy. And then he starts getting a bit maudlin and saying, oh, I've been branded for life now. And Ardy says, no, don't worry about it. People are going to move on. Well, this on. is when Ardy writes on his, on his arm. 
Yeah, the, he, he, I can't I remember. Don't know, it just does a doodle. They, they kind of do doodles and talk this about tattoos and stuff, don't they? Part of, of Ardy's plan. Yeah, yeah. He does he a was, doodle. He was great, Ardy. I, I loved I love, him this. I'd week. like to have someone like Ardy in, on my side. Yeah, I but I was also coming. getting a bit nervous around this point, thinking, oh, has he really gone back to him again? Because I loved it when he was on Amy's side, because I want Ardy to always be on the side of. The, of the righteous when I pictured... and, and when and as the scene went on and Ardy and I was like Ardy seems very very sober here I think he's I think he's up to something and he was when I pictured this storyline before how it would progress I always think that Ardy might be on Aaron's side yeah and he well, he was for a spell wasn't he and then I don't see, you know it makes sense that he would do and again this this storyline is is dangerous because we know who is telling the truth. And so a lot of people are going to be watching this thinking, well, you know, of course, of course Aaron's guilty and I wouldn't blah, blah, blah. But you, in real life, you would, ne- you would never know. No. It's Especially if one of them is your mate and you're so going to just sinister. be more likely to want to believe what they're saying. And it's a bit it... more convenient for all, all concerned. And it, you know... What? You, if you would, you would believe your friend, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it seems like Ardy is just trying to ply um, Aaron with plenty of booze. Um, Tracy and Steve, meanwhile, are getting home to find Aaron on the sofa, and she's like, "Oh Amy, yeah, I, Amy's Amy on the sofa." On the, what did I say? Find Aaron on the sofa. Going, sorry, what? How I'm are you doing? Having a rest. <laughs> um, and, and sorry, Amy's there on the sofa saying, "Look, I, I had a great time. Yeah, whatever." I love and, parties. And then, and then Steve and Tracy are like, "That's me, girl." Hooray! So. Final scene of the episode, Aaron completely passed out on the sofa in the party flat and then Ardy gets this permanent marker that he was using earlier to doodle on Aaron's arm and writes all over his forehead and it says guilty. Uh. He got guilty all over his face, well at least the top half of it and then he heads off and then this is this is the moment where we're like, yeah, go Ardy, you I love are truly this. on the side of justice. But I think it was interesting he wrote guilty well yes I was honestly when he started writing on the forehead rapist I was I was why convinced that that's that? what he was going to write I'm really fascinated as to why it was guilty and not rapist mm. I think they probably had a lot of conversations about this I wonder if it's like you know could Ardy have sued him for slander or whatever the word is no like, well, Aaron would have sued Ardy yeah like, you can't go telling people I'm a rapist I just wonder whether it was something to do with like the fact that it you know James Craven we don't want to write rapist on his head in case it doesn't come off <laughs> I don't know but I, I must admit what yeah sorry uh, on Wednesday's episode I was I was already in G'd up but as we tuned into Wednesdays to say what funny adventures is Aaron going to get up to for like going through half an episode with people giving him funny looks and him like going, what, why is everybody looking at me? Well, I mean, people always look at me because I'm so tall and handsome, but they're, they're getting a different expression than normal. And I, I just thought that there was real scope for funny little scenes. But not is funny. it not, is it not, no. Is it not suitable for this story? It's not funny. No, you're you're mad. No, I I think it I think it could have fit. Next. Um, but anyway, he he wakes up and he's um he's got he's getting a glass of water and everything and he manages to to spend the morning tidying up the flat, including presumably the bathroom because you know what 
teenagers like in bathrooms also, without seeing a um, reflection of himself. I'm sure Aaron <clears throat> spends quite a lot of time looking at himself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, he probably does, doesn't he? Like think... every half an hour the alarm goes off in his watch. Oh, just got to go and check my hair. I think that the idea is that he woke up a bit later than he expected to. So he didn't really get a chance to do anything except to pick some cans up. Yes. Well, yeah, he gets... A, I can't remember. He's not like fun. You said he wakes up and he spends the morning tidying the flat, but that's not what happens. He wakes up and he starts putting things in a bag. Yes, And then he realises, because he gets a phone call from Abby, that he's late for work. Yeah, Abby honking at him down the line because he's too late. <laughs> um, anyway, so he <laughs> says, right, I'm coming, I'm coming, you're right. So he kind of hurriedly... T- the, the, the problem with... The reason why they could leave it completely as it was is because they weren't really supposed to be in the flat, were they? They were supposed right. to be trying to hide it from Ed that they're having a secret teenage party there. Um, it seems that it worked because we've not had Ed at all this week going, oh, what's going on in there? Then why are there masks of Nina in the flat? But um, anyway, so Aaron goes off and yeah, he doesn't really get anybody giving him a funny look because he sees it himself, a reflection in the florist's window as he walks past and he's like, oh my God. And he's like, tries to rub it off his permanent marker. So he's like, ah, has to rush off back home to try and scrub it off. Um, and uh, eventually gets to work quite late with his head washed. And Abby's like, well, you know what? Just glad you had a good night. But then he looks up and he sees Ardy is staring at him. And Ardy's probably thinking, oh, I should have pressed harder. So Amy, meanwhile... Used a knife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a, He would have woken up. Would have been a bit like... Um, he was it in Game of Thrones, those uh, those monks that had the, the symbol carved into their foreheads. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking of um, in Harry Potter, where he had to write his oh, lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Must not tell lies Umbridge. for Trumbridge, yeah. More mm. a bitch. Um, anyway, so Amy has got a letter from the university just to really rub she's it in what back. a rubbish life she's, she's got, got at the moment. She's got her from Hogwarts. No, it's from the university saying you got a warning for failing to submit some coursework. Twice, I think it was. And she's like, just, she's like, I haven't got room in my head for dealing with this at the moment. I nearly Screws had that it up. when I was at university, but it's because I got obsessed with playing The Sims. Did you really? No, no. no. Okay. I was, um, of course I didn't. She, she looks up and sees a bottle of vodka because that's really the go-to coping method for any teen on Coronation Street. Well, bottle of something or other, get bladdered and pass out in Victoria Gardens, which really is where Summer finds her later on that episode. And one of your underrated... Oh no, this is a fairly highly rated tweet this week, wasn't it? That you passed... That you what put did on, I say? You, you had a picture of Summer next to oh, Amy yeah. <laughs> collapsed on the uh, underneath the bench going, police, police, I want to report a theft. Amy's stealing my bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. Like, su- Summer... Should the, really the fainting have been queen. Mm. Do you think? Do you think that Elle got um got advice from Harriet about how to do the perfect faint? How to swoon? Well, she didn't. She was found having swooned, wasn't she? But yeah. The lying position. How how do you how do you faint, Bibster, without you know getting us getting pins and needles or without getting a carpet mark on your face or something? And she's like, let me tell you, you just rest your head on the arm and you can you can lie there for half a good half an hour, I reckon. So she's passed out anyway. Phones an ambulance. Meanwhile, Ardy and no, Aaron... No, Summer phones the ambulance and Amy's passed that's out. That's what I said. 
That's what I said. Listen. So Ardia... I did listen. Oh, sorry. Okay, then maybe I wasn't clear enough. Ardia and Aaron, meanwhile, are also fairly nearby, just outside a speed dial, and they're kind of squaring up to each other because yeah. uh, Aaron's like, you get yeah, you wrote you wrote, wrote that on my forehead, word. and um, and Ardia's like, oh, I thought you didn't mind getting inked. You were up for it earlier in the evening. Nice. And Aaron's like, well, yeah, how could I? What? What? But you, what, what, and you did, I was asleep when you did this. <gasps> and the penny kind of drops for him. And Artie's like, I thank you. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, um, so, this yeah, was so clever. That, that was, was so clever. That was cleverly done. I liked that. He fell that. right into the trap. Yep. What? what yeah. And then so the uh, ambulance before... You know, they can get much further with that, come screaming past, and then they follow it to go and find Amy as well. But yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was a, a great little So move. clever. Well done, Cory Writers. Nice and little also, analogy there. I hope this analogy worked on some of the people who didn't get it at home. Because there are still some people that don't get what he did. Mm, but Amy was raped. How could this analogy not be any clearer? <laughs> Um, so Steve and Tracy show up at the hospital. Was this the day? Was this the day that Steve was wearing his cap, or was that Monday? He wore a baseball. I'm not going to ask. Did anybody else notice Steve's everybody cap? Because it. everybody noticed Steve's cap. What was going on with Steve's cap? Was he I trying mean, to hide his widow's peak, or was there no. some kind of hair continuity going I'm on? I'm sure there? it was continuity. <laughs> I saw some people making, you know, various accusations regarding hair status, but um, it, the fact that he was back to normal on Friday makes me think that he just got his hair cut, it just, and then they had to it do just some more filming. Stood out like such a sore thumb, didn't it? Was it was weird because he doesn't normally wear hats. That's the trouble. No. I, I mean, I wonder whether people would have noticed more or less if they'd have just shown his hair magically shrinking or getting longer or whatever backwards. I really I, wouldn't notice. I know, I don't think I would either. But that hat is like, it's just, it might as well have had a flashing light and a siren on the top of it. Like, Going, look at this. Reduction. Um, anyway, so they, they, they're there and they're told that Amy is on a drip. And no, I'm not talking about Aaron there. No. Next. What? I thought you were just signalling to say something. Was I being too loud then? Yeah, I was just telling you to stop shouting. Oh, I didn't. No, look, we've got a tiny little waveform. We're doing, we're doing okay. So, I know, but you'll get It's my year I'm worried about. Amy's on a drip. They're grateful for Summer for being there to help her. And um, this is when Summer admits to them that, yeah, you know, Amy said that she had a great time at the party on Monday. Toss all lies. It is rubbish. And now Amy is saying that Aaron did indeed rape her. So, ugh. They go into the room later, hugs all round, and Amy says, sorry, mum and dad, for lying. I was just trying to block things out. I think, and she she kind of has finally realised that she needs to just tell all, be open about it, out in the, um, out in the uh, opens, and, and, and get some help, get some counselling. And Toya's ears prick up, probably saying, what's what? that counsellor required? Uh, I've not been in the story for about six months. I'll do it. Um, and um, they're all just very proud of her for asking for help. So Amy's told she can go, and then for reasons that probably only make in sense in his tiny little yeah. brain, Aaron comes to the door. He's like, hello, I just wanted to say hello. And Steve grabs him by the lapels, threatens to flatten him unless, um, unless, he, unless he does one. And then Amy says, look, look, it's going to be fine. Let me talk to him. You go, mum and dad. It's all going to be cool. And they're like, oh, okay then. No, they don't. What are they doing? 
No, they don't. Why didn't they say no? Michael, what? she's a grown woman now. She can make her own decisions. Yeah, she's still... I know, but I think she's still that they little girl They didn't want to. They didn't want to. Anyway. They're, being, they're trying their hardest to, to give her space when she asks for it. Okay. So he says... Once they're gone, look, I just came to say sorry. Oh, for what, says Amy? For being a rapist? For raping me? For raping me and get away with it? And he says, no, no, I, I didn't do it. I just, you know, I'm just sorry that, that what happened to you today, that you've ended up in hospital. And I I was watching that thinking, oh, and it felt like he, he really wanted to say sorry for raping her and then just kind of bottled he it, do you think? He did it. No, he knows that he should be feeling sorry. He is probably feeling ex- incredibly guilty, but when kind of push comes to shove, when the, the spotlight's on him, he can't admit See, what he's done. Amy makes the point that I had made like a few weeks ago about the R word being too difficult to say and she's like you can't you can't say it because it's just a not very nice word isn't it you don't want to you don't want to associate yourself with that that word mm. and mm. it's true yeah which is why i was kind of surprised that cory didn't go as far as to put that on his forehead mm. oh well um back at there home, must be a reason back at home well, no, he tells... just says he's he's she says you know what you are yeah. Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she she just really wants him to admit it. She says, I'm not I'm not recording this. There's nobody here, nobody hiding, conveniently listening just, round just, the corner as she wants. often happens in this programme. I just want to hear yeah, you admit that's it. All just she between wants. me and you. And he but he won't. And he says and she and this is yeah, when she says that you know what you are. Yes. So she go, she goes home, tells mum and dad what happens, and uh, they're like, I I can't believe it. I don't even know he can look himself in the mirror. Meanwhile, at number thirteen Aaron is there outside the back looking very tragic. Mm. So Friday, um, Summer goes to see Amy. Um, Tracy's there being overly nice to her after everything that's happened. And it's kind of weirding them both out, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and then, um, they say, look, let, let's let's go to the cafe. I, I can't be dealing with it in here. So um, they're there in the cafe. Shona's enjoying the greatest hits of the early 90s. Um, for, now we had to re-watch this little line about three times, didn't we? Because she was what she said was, I've been told about the early 90s hits by Bernie. Mm-hmm. But I was convinced, watching it back, that she was saying that Fergus told me. And then I thought Did anybody said, else hear Fergus instead of Bernie? Is this uh, is this 1984, 1994 again? I haven't got a slowed down version of this one, unfortunately, but it did take us three goes. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Okay, so anyway, um, Shona's there having a bit of a bop and you you saw her coming over to Amy with this big jug of coffee, didn't you? And you said, oh, Shona's going to spill that coffee over Amy's laptop and she didn't. But um, when the coffee cup is next to the laptop and Aaron happens to walk in again, Amy's completely freaked out by it, kind of jumps, and she ends up spilling the coffee all over this laptop. Whoops. Um, What are they going to do? So Shona's like, I know what to do. Let's get some rice. I'll get some out the back. You can keep it if you like. It's fine. Um, Or or was was that Summer's idea and, and Shona just lends the rice? You can't think you can lend anybody rice. You can't once once rice is given. Isn't it that what happened, Daddy Barber? Yeah. What is it? What? When they 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 said, "Can we know. borrow a measuring cup to measure this rice?" And their neighbour said, "Yeah, fine." But she's suspicious, and she put grease on it, 
And then they returned the, the cup, but it had a gold coin stuck to it. And she knew they weren't measuring rice at all. I don't know They that were measuring, story. measuring gold coins. I have not read Arabian And they were too stupid to notice that coin. <laughs> That's bothered me for about 35 years, that story. Doesn't oh, make well. any sense. Oh, well. Um, okay, so she gets this laptop on rice, heads home. Still dead, though. I kind of thought that you had to leave it there for you, you like, cannot, days. You have to turn it off immediately, turn it upside down to let the, the liquid drain out, and then you put it in rice, maybe, but you don't open it for, like, a, or turn it on for at least a day. It didn't even look like it was completely covered, did it? No. I would have thought, you know, fully submerged well, they closed in the a lid packet down. of Uncle Ben's. You've just... You don't call that. You, you, you don't close the lid down because all the skunk's inside then. Yeah. Amateurs. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that. Uh, Amateurs, more like. Take it to the. Take it to you know a, a computer repair shop and get the hard drive taken out. Isn't at the downstairs of um you know where the lawyer's office is? Isn't downstairs like IT solutions? Take it over there. <laughs> Maybe it's that was the solution. Just put it in right. <laughs> it's literally it? next door to the cafe, isn't uh, it? Yeah, oh, there's it is. there's computer doctors just right next to us. I know all this. All right, we'll we'll self-diagnose here. So anyway, it's it's not done anything. It's dead. Amy's mega stressed out because apparently she's not saved her work to the cloud or anything, which I thought was just the way forward for for kids these days. It's us crumblies that still save things on our hard drive that have got things to worry about, isn't it, when um, when things go wrong? Well, you do this all the time. You write in Notepad and you don't save it. Notepad? Notepad doesn't automatically save, and then Michael will go, I just wrote two hours worth of things. It it saves on the Mac. When I'm doing that, it does. But Notepad is my favourite application. (laughs) It's just so handy. Anyway, um, so Amy's mega stressed out, and Summer and Tracy are saying, look, you just need to tell the university what's been going on with you. Let them know. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to. But then there is a mysterious knock at the door, and a laptop has been discovered. Uh, been delivered, sorry. And uh, we'd already had one story in today's episode, which was, oh, what's the mysterious note? Who was it that delivered this? Oh, and then they say who it was about 10 minutes later. And this one, it's like, oh, there's a mysterious laptop. I suppose the problem here is it could only really have been Aaron that had done this, it was couldn't like, it? It's obviously Aaron. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and Amy, you know, it doesn't take too long for Amy to realise that this is who it is. And she's like, I'm not having this. She boxes it back up, heads out to the garage to confront Aaron. And he's like, what? You think that buying a laptop is going to make things better? All I need for you to do is tell the truth. I don't need your laptops. I don't need your presents. Just tell me, tell the world what happened. Well, no, she just she, wants, she yeah. doesn't want the world telling, she? Does just she just wants him she, to admit to her. Yeah. Because she must be thinking that she's going crazy. I don't know if that's the case, but that could be it. But she just wants the validation. Yeah. She knows that she's right. That's but she knows that some people think that she's not, so it's... Well, no, I don't I don't really know who doesn't believe her apart from the police. And the police just said we don't have any evidence. Mm. Anyway, um, well, that's Abby at this time as well, although... Abby. Abby knows what Amy told her last, which was what what she heard yeah. last about it, was that Amy said it didn't happen. Yeah. So um, Amy goes back home, has another good old moan about Aaron before turning her attentions back to this university course that she's mid-flunking. She kind of mulls over, you know, maybe the idea of dropping out. And Tracy says, look, please, 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 just tell your professors what's going on. So she does. Goes off to university, comes back. She's told the tutor, Professor 
Williams or whatever it was, and uh, a plan has been put in place for her to catch up with her work. Hooray, they all hug, everything's lovely. And um, the only other thing we had happen with that, that episode is uh, Aaron and Abby at the garage later. And she kind of, it's maybe, she got, is, is there something you're not telling me? Have you got a guilty conscience or something? You're looking a bit... Well, why did you like, buy her a bloody laptop? Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's like... a guilty conscience No, look, I just was being a mate to her. I, I thought it'd maybe get me back in her good books because she obviously hates my guts at the moment. That is all, though. Definitely didn't rape her. How has he got this money? Well, you know, know these know, executive this... mechanics, they well, probably get to pay the big books. He couldn't afford rent and now he's paying for a laptop. Mm. Well, it's all the rent that he's saving by probably staying at Abby's. Being a free babysitter. Yeah. So, um, there we go. There's what, That's what happened in that story. Uh, still very much enjoyable, I would say, but, but Wednesday was getting close to being far too bleak and miserable for my liking. But for what it lost there, all the stuff with Ardy on Monday's episode with the with the penning on the head was just fantastic. I really like how switched on Ardy is. Well, yeah, he's he's had a wobble, hasn't he? Because he, he was he, on Aaron's side for a bit, genuinely. Did he was he um, educated by the Weatherfield high consent classes? I, I'm is guessing that where he he's was. Got this from probably good for him. Yeah, yeah. good for him. Um, it it gives you hope, doesn't it? That uh. The, the younger generations are being educated um, about this kind of thing. Yeah, they, they are, definitely. Um, I saw a good post on our Facebook group that Lisa Lisa wrote, oh, yeah. and she said she's wondering whether Aaron is um, using, you know, uh, alcohol in the same way that his father Oh, good did, point. Drinking and violence flowing off the handle um, and, and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Cut and then, the same cloth, chip off the old block. And then we have, father, have Steve saying that maybe it's a coping mechanism he's picked up from his dad. Yeah. So it is really interesting to think about those. Maybe that's where this story is going. Maybe it is Aaron is going to realise that he is in danger of falling into the same trap as his dad and letting alcohol ruin his life mm. in, in a different way. I don't want that to be a get out of jail free card for, you know, oh, it wasn't me, it was the demon drink. But, um, you know, they were both very drunk and you make bad decisions. Mm. Um, I, I, think I, that, I don't think that, I don't think that um, absolves him. It seems like Coronation Street doesn't want to get him prosecuted for this because they're making a big song and dance about the fact that, what is it, 5% of rape accusations ends up in a conviction. They're not making a song and dance about it. They're pointing it out. Yeah, okay, okay. But so I think it would really be disingenuous to say... What? Like, oh, I, don't, I don't think it would be genuine to say that... To show that he was getting arrested. I think where this seems to be angling towards now from what Amy was saying is if he does admit to her and, you know, maybe other people, I guess, for the drama, that yes, he did do it and then he makes a, you know, undignified exit from Weatherfield... That would be a satisfying ending to I the think story, that's right. and, I, and I think it probably would, to be honest. But I find that 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 statistic. So you know, is that is that the actual statistic? Or is that uh, just it's, 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 it's like very low, like that, isn't it? We need, need that... Amy to, I mean, need Tracy to plaster our close with posters with stats to let us tell to let us know. The thing that's frustrating about that statistic is that it's used to bash women. 
to say, oh, that women always lie about rape and, you know, if they were, if it was as bad as they all say it was, then why are the conviction rates so low? And that that's not because it didn't happen. It's because you can't, it the way everything is set up, it's impossible to get a conviction. Mm. And and that goes and that's even before you take into account. I don't know what the situation is in the UK, but I know that in America, there are stacks and decades of rape kits that just are never processed. Mm. How, how much longer do you think that this story's got? Because it feels like. It feels like it's kind of close to reaching its conclusion now, and I don't usually like make guesses about things I'm like this. But it feels like it's gone. Say anything? Do you know? I don't anything? know. No, I don't know anything. I think it just needs to have kind of the final step of but him saying it because I don't Amy's got Aaron. her life back on track. I don't want to necessarily lose Aaron. I, I, I think that it's easy for Corey to fall into this trap of, oh, here's a bad person, did a bad thing, and they can they have to go now because they're bad. Real life isn't like that, is it? No, but I think, I think he's going to be redeem him. You can't... Yeah, I know. But I would... I would argue that the thing is about Coronation Street or any kind of story like sto- uh, show like this is that if if Aaron did stay, then at some point everyone would forget what happened. Or yeah, we don't want that to happen. But equally, having a complicated character like Aaron stay sticking around and not actually being, you know, in inverted commas, the villain. Would actually be quite interesting. Mm, yeah. Because where do you go if you're Aaron? If you're Aaron, where do you go from here? Well, he's so young, and he's he's made this awful mistake, and even if he doesn't, um, even if he doesn't get convicted, it's still like he says on his record. Where yeah. do you go? I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Away I feel, from where the field. I'm not saying knows, yeah. sympathy or you know redemption. I'm just literally asking the question, and would it be an interesting thing? I don't, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, we could very well see him really hitting rock bottom about this, and maybe they will try and go so far as to get us to try and have a bit of sympathy with him, because he is a, you know, he was. It would be very easy a nice character, and one that lots of people kind of, kind of liked a, a bit. Um, he, he's and not... obviously he's got Abby on his side as well, which is Corey's way of saying he's not, you know, he's not completely irre- irredeemable. I don't know. I don't know. You don't want to ever sort of feel like or or be in danger of hand-waving this sort of thing away. No. Anyway, good stuff. I thought the performances were, were fantastic. I thought the, the bit where um, Amy started attacking him at the party, I loved. A- Amy, Amy, Elma Bainey was, was yet again brilliant this week. It was a good demonstration, um, though, of, of the incredible physical difference between Aaron and Amy. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, Absolutely. Even if, she, even if she fought him, even if it was, the, you know, everyone's traditional idea of what a rape is, which is a man holding a woman down. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't have been able it. to stop him anyway, would she? She no. she could. She was barely. It was like watching a, a butterfly f- batting against a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She was great. I'm thinking that uh, 
Tracy, I'm still waiting to get... I need her to have a story where she gets just a bit more of that bite back. Well, it was interesting when you were reading the story out and you were recounting the events that had happened. And at one point you just call Steve and Tracy mum and dad. And I was thinking in my head, Steve and Tracy were like major characters of Coronation Street for a long time. And now they're just mum and dad Mm. in the story. They need to have a decent story of their own where Tracy can get a bit of that fire back. But I'm really enjoying them in this story though. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think they're fine. It's very interesting because we're seeing a few sort of long-term Cory characters who we've kind of almost grown up with in, in a sense mm. now acting as parents. So so these two and also David with, yeah, with Max. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess um, people, yeah, who, and... people who are watching this who are, have become parents themselves are probably um, appreciating, you know, seeing perhaps themselves or wondering if I, you know, oh, I, I once was young and free, like Tracy and Steve used to be. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Mm, Yeah. Right. Next story. Steve and Reed, Gemma, your favourite. Steven, Steven. A little bit of lighthearted stuff here. Steven, Steven. What's going on with them? Our beloved saint, Uncle Stephen, has just been maligned by people this week and he should kill them all. (laughs) On Wednesday, Audrey meets Stephen in the street and she's like, can I have my car back, please? I want my independence back. And he's like, oh. And uh, Jenny's there as well and she's making fun of, of um, Stephen and also agreeing with Audrey that he should just give his mum his bloody car back. And um, El- Elaine says, oh, it's nothing to do with you. And um, Stephen tells Jenny that she's right and then Elaine gets her back up because <laughs> she she's... Uh, Stephen's special friend not Jenny and at the cafe Elaine Elaine you know how why is Elaine and Stephen always having breakfast in the cafe I know Ugh, I'm jealous anyway I guess it's because you know they don't live they don't together at the moment do they no. you got got Stephen living at Audrey's house Elaine lives with Sally and Tim so they have a little before before work meet up Elaine tells Stephen oh I was upset that you sided with with Jenny and he says, um, I was just trying to make my mum happy. You're still my top girl. <laughs> oh, if only he would say that to me. <laughs> Stephen uh, is in the factory and he's like, everybody, we got to give the 100% focus. We got this nipper snapper order. It's coming up. And then all the lights go off. And this was weird. This doesn't, this doesn't go anywhere. Does it? I, 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 are we sure it didn't? Well, Why? I mean, Wednesday's episode, I was, as I said, not a big fan of that one. And I would, there were bits that I can't say I was giving my 100% attention to. But well, as far as then? I'm concerned, yes. and maybe I should have watched it again. Yes. The whole thing with the lights going off was all for nothing. Maybe something will come of it later. But anyway, the lights go out. They don't know why. The generator kicks in. Phew. Yeah, gripping stuff this was. In the pub, Jenny's making fun of Stephen for driving his mum's car. Bit of internalised misogyny there, Jen, but hey, that's fine. We all know. We've all been there. There's a bit of flirting going on. And Stephen goes back to the house and um, Elaine apologises and gives him some flowers and says, I just want people to know about the fact we're engaged. Can we, can we not tell our families? He's like, I can't talk about it now. And um, she thinks he's being, she's being fobbed off, which she is a bit, but he says, I'll talk about it tomorrow. But on Friday, he's distracted because he's got a, a brand new car. Where did he get the money for this? 
Hmm? Nipper snapper, isn't it? Well, he shows Michael this swish new car and the, Elaine is talking to Tim about the Red Bank apartment that they're supposedly buying together and and she's the paperwork's going to be ready soon and everything. And Sally's all excited, but Tim's not really because he thinks she's moving too fast in this relationship with Stephen. And as much as I hate to say it, he is right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at that age, you got to move exactly, fast. Exactly, exactly, I was going to say. <laughs> the American investors, they're not American, the investors on behalf of the Americans yes. come to the factory and um, he, Stephen's like sort of casually going through the post while, while Sally's banging on about, I don't know, flesh or something. And he sees an envelope, it's got his name written on it and it's not got um, an address, it hasn't got a post a, a postage stamp bearing the countenance of benevolent new sovereign. Um, it's been hand-delivered. So he opens it up and inside there's just a handwritten letter that says, I know what you did to Rufus. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, what's this? Who's this? What's happening? I know, for, for a, a, a lovely like a five ten minute, minutes, ten minute so... period, you're like, oh, who could it be? Oh, this I is mean, fun. I was like thinking, oh, it's probably just going to be Paul, isn't it? So it's not that exciting. But, you know, at least it's things are moving and we were right to think that maybe he saw something. But I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe could it be, could it be Uncle Ronnie? Oh, I don't know. Could it be, could it be the housekeeper? Could it be someone else who knows something else? Could it be Anthony else? Cotton's mum? Yeah. Could it, could it be somebody talking about something else that they, he's done to Rufus? But... No. It, it, no, not really. It was um, somebody who you'd genuinely was, never have guessed. If it was Paul that wrote this letter... Would that be a more cheerful way to end Paul's story? Just well, having Stephen kill him? Oh, yeah, maybe. Would that just please everybody mm-hmm. and nobody all at once? Anyway, so Stephen's obviously a bit distracted while they're all waffling on. I don't think this man's ever had a meeting he's paid full attention to. He's either on drugs or worrying about murdering people. Yeah, he is, hasn't he? <laughs> Who hasn't been there on a Friday? Yeah, either he's on drugs or he's trying to give someone else drugs. <laughs> But, you know, the, the, he did still able to... Pull off a business yeah, move. Yeah, managed to get out a load more cash out of them at the end, didn't he? By, um... Like, what did he say? He said, I don't know. Um, we'll do better slogans. Oh, no, they wanted... They wanted the, Oh, they wanted um, it done in July. They wanted it done by the end of July. Well, and he says, you've got to pay more money so we can give get us more, more stuff money. on. Yeah. Cotton doesn't grow on trees. Mm. Uh, they go to the pub. And then when they're in the pub, this guy, Owen who is one of the uh, investors, he's flirting very openly with Jenny. I know. Getting her number. And the, the other the woman who he's with, I don't know her name, she's like, what, trying to be professional business people. Meanwhile, Stephen's just like downing a pint. She must be thinking... He's trying to steal his bird. Ah. Oh. And, and to make things worse with Stephen, Jenny's acting just as coquettish like... <laughs> as she had been when Stephen was flirting <laughs> with her. So I'm... he's probably thinking, oh, does... Is she? Does she do this? Does she do this to all the guys? I thought I was special. <laughs> I used to be the face of Pom Delight. Is, is Stephen gonna bump off Owen next for this no other I'm reason thinking. than to I'm stop thinking. him banking, bonking his bird? Especially anonymous people on Coronation Street. Do not mess with Stephen. Mm. All you people, are, you are all indispen- uh, all dispensable, highly yeah. dispensable. So, Tim's looking at this paperwork with Elaine to do with buying the flat. And he's like, Stephen's name's not even on this. Why? And she and, and he says it's not like you're gonna get married. 
is it? And she's like, Ooh. Yeah, she starts off saying, oh, well, me and Stephen, we're together now. We, we do everything. everything together. Yeah. And, then, and he's, he's like, like no, yeah. hang on. <laughs> and then she lets it slip. Well, she can't really deny it, can she? she well, she's the, got to explain it herself, but I don't know why she is. Hmm. Don't get people involved. Don't involve your family in stuff if you're not willing to talk to them about it. That's why I say just keep them in the dark. Um, she also wasn't willing to talk. She just didn't want to... Why is she wanna... talking to Tim about it? He's boring. Son. Boring. Sorry, Tim, you're boring. That's what I'd say. Stephen and co get back to the factory and these, um, the dodgy geezers that he bought the LSD off of in yeah, the Ginnel LSD-less. of... dealers. In the Ginnel of the uh, precinct yeah. are back and they're lurking, but they don't have anywhere to lurk because they're sort of standing in the corner. <laughs> and they say... They're lurking shifty. We heard about Rufus's death <laughs> and it was us who sent you the letter. And we, yeah, so everyone they... around the country is like, oh. Yeah, so they've got a newspaper, haven't they, showing a picture of Stephen and Rufus shaking hands. Like, you knew this guy. And he and now he's, he's, dead. he's, you he's hooked drugs. out of a pool with LSD in his system. Obviously, it was you that killed him. And sorry, and that was, was a bit of a stretch. That was incredibly tenuous. Yeah. And I was... Especially considering that, um, that, that Rufus is on LSD quite a bit. He was the one that was buying it in the first place. Exactly. Wasn't he the one who told him who the dealers were? No, I, no, I don't... I, well, maybe... Well, no, I think it's... I think he just loitered around. Himself. Yeah, d- drug dealers are always lurking around children's parks. You'd only have to wait there five minutes and they one of them comes along. Sweet enough. Um, yeah, so... I, I think, you know, Stephen's initial reaction to... You don't know what you're talking about. These are just baseless accusations. I mean, yes, we knew that they had got it right on the nose there. But actually, if I was Stephen, I probably would have said, you have got absolutely no reason to believe this. You're making wild leaps of um, logic here. I'm very glad this is where that went. Because when Stephen was listening to them saying, we all know you did it. Give us £10,000. We're going to go to the police. I was like, this is rubbish. What why are they doing that? Like, why don't let's go down this route here with these idiots? Like, this is this this is flimsy as hell. This is stupid. This is like transparently, obviously bad. Nobody would ever like for a start. I don't think anyone would be a stupid stupid enough to believe that they had enough evidence here to blackmail anybody. But but you know, move that to one side and then. Would Stephen really fall for this? So I was get I was getting mad in advance of this, going, no, Stephen's not going to be brought down by these two like faceless goons. No, he's going to get brought down by Tim Jammer. No, he's not. <laughs> Tim, he's going to murder Tim. So um, he tells them it's a load of rubbish. I didn't kill anybody, and they said, um, uh, and they sort of go to leave, and he says, hang on, hang on, give me give me time. Yeah, because they're saying, oh, fine, if you're not going to, well, we're going to go and tell on you then. We're going to go and tell Miss on you. So he says, um, uh, they say, we'll meet you at the precinct in an hour. So meanwhile, Tim Tim and Elaine are still having an argument. Um, when Sally comes home and hears that Elaine wants to marry Stephen. And yeah. she's like, oh, congratulations. She still thinks it's fine. So, so Stephen turns up, sees the guys in the precinct. He, first of all, he sees Shona. And I was like, oh. If he murders them, then Shona's going to be involved in this. But no, she yeah, just wanted to She's, eat her cream horn. Yeah, her, her cream horn from the rival bakery. And I think this was the very first scene that we've had up on the upstairs of the precinct, isn't it? Because the two lads are hanging around, leaning over the railings. Mm. So there you go, there's a first. 
Stephen, first Coronation Street character, regular character, up on the railings of the precinct. So he goes up to to get the the guys, and he's like, "Right, come with me. I'm gonna I'm not gonna give you money. I'm not gonna give drug dealers money in a precinct. I'll give it to you in the car." So he he keeps giving all these sinister looks, doesn't yeah. he? In, in his windscreen, in his wing mirror. When what's it called? Yeah, rear view mirror. Yeah, that's it. He drives them to the police station, and again, very short drive, and uh, says, "Go on then, go on, get out and tell the police all your stupid theories." Rufus was just my friend. I would never kill him. And um, he, he also had mental health problems and he was microdosing LSD. But um, he's like, go on then. I didn't do it. You'll get taken in for questioning. You'll be in trouble. You're drug dealers. I'll, I'll come out and then I'll find you and I will kill you. And they're like, oh no. And they, <laughs> and they run away. I, mean, I was a bit disappointed that it kind of went this way. I was thinking maybe he's going to take them out to the woods and, and add them to his collection. I'm glad this went didn't go any further with the blackmailing stakes here. And, you know, it feels like Stephen's always on the cusp of being blackmailed. Yeah. But he manages well, to wriggle his way out of it. life of crime. But, um, yeah, these two were jokers. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he, he intimidated them and... This is also an escalation, in a sense, for, for Stephen, because before we've seen him, when he's confronted, he panics. So the first time he was confronted in wrongdoing with um, Leo, and he kills him by accident. Mm-hmm. Second time, he's confronted by Teddy, and he kills him out of desperation. The third time he's confronted by Rufus, and he calculatingly doses him up and then drowns him in a very kind of cold, calculating way. Yeah. Now, he's being a bit more clever, and he's no, he knows that he doesn't have to kill these two. Mm. He can just intimidate them. And he's emboldened by his, you know, serial killing ways to, um, <laughs> to know that he, he literally could find them and kill them. Yeah. And he, uh, Todd Boyce, like, really projected that kind of menace through that scene. I, I just love this so much. It's so camp and brilliant. I love it. It, it, is, it is quite fun. I'm I just, I, team Stephen. As much as I don't like these two being involved in it today, I do almost hope that they'll kind of be involved at least for a little bit in the future. Otherwise, really? it, Otherwise, it might seem like it was a bit of a... Little jolly, little caper for Stephen with no particular moving forward. It was it was a bit of a sort of one and done kind of like story. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with where it went, and and I felt like this was a demonstration of how far Stephen has sort of grown in his villainy. To me, mm. it just felt like he was more in control, and every time he does something bad he sort of feels a bit more confident in himself. And yeah. now, perhaps, he's actually a, a more a more scary guy than he was at the beginning mm. because of how controlled he is now. Yeah, yeah. So Stephen goes back to Tim and Sally's house and um, and, and Tim's, like, not having this, that he, that he and... He and... Um, his mum. His mum are getting married. And he's like, oh, well, you know, oh, there's an age gap. Five-year five age gap? What are you on? Who cares? It doesn't I... matter at all. First of all, it doesn't matter. Secondly, 
as as they rightly pointed out to Tim and Sally, they've got an age gap as well. Well, also, I agreed with what Tim and um, Sally, what Tim said to Sally was that once the two people involved in the relationship are of a certain age, it becomes less and less. Well, that's what Tim. A Tim, problem. Why did Tim say that? Oh no, maybe Tim didn't say it. It wasn't Tim, was it? Because it was his argument. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm falling asleep here. Um, well, did you just yeah. close your eyes then? You don't need to get involved. Just, no. It's a Stephen story. It's I, th- me I felt Stephen. kind of bad for Elaine during this because for a couple of scenes we had Stephen saying, what was it? Like, I can't, I, you, uh, what was it? I can't remember. Well, Stephen, T- Tim's having a go saying, oh, you, you know, why are you going out with her? And, T- and Stephen's like, excuse me, how dare you? Your mum is attractive <laughs> she's attractive she's good in bed she's funny she can do the crosswords she's hilarious she's great at finding bargains she's got a little app on her phone we get free bakery item with every 50 pound we spend can't really begin, i can't really stop praising her for how brilliant she is and tim's like oh tim's like I can't believe that you would ever fancy my mum. I know, that was a really bad... It's like a real kind of heavy implication that my mum is so unfanciable. My mum's a crusty old hag. Yeah. Why would you want to marry her? And Stephen really puts him in his place, like... Of course I want to marry her. Look at her, she's great. I mean, everyone at home's going, yeah, I don't really get it, but whatever. <laughs> he kind of implies also, Tim, that uh, Stephen's being a bit of a gold digger. Mm. But um, seems like I just got a new car. I don't need money. I'm looking forward I to seeing my mom. what Jenny's reaction's going to be when this when that engagement goes public, I which s- will surely be next week. I would have thought. I'm still not 100 percent sure why Stephen's going for this, because yes, he wants to move out of his mum's house, but also he's got a successful business venture here. He's making money. He's got this car. He's on the up now. What he doesn't really need Elaine. You can all, he just there's feel sorry no, for there's her no or such thing as having too much money. I, th- I think but he's he, just trying to get after a after a cash. Yeah, I know, but he could get after um, Jenny's cash. Jenny's got a pub. Mm. I yeah, just but don't... I think Elaine's got more. Mm, yeah, probably. So he defends this relationship between him and Elaine, and he does a really good job of it actually. And he kind of makes Tim Tim look like a big asshole. And um, Elaine and Stephen are sort of hurt, and they leave in a huff and Elaine tells Stephen in the pub I, I don't want Tim at the wedding and Drama Stephen queen. says well let's get married in Vegas and Elaine's like yeah let's get married in Vegas and I'm sure Tim would love this because he doesn't think Vegas weddings are real well this is if they do that will make them the third Metcalves to get married in, in Vegas and yet Elaine still wasn't kind of sure on the details was she Jasmine and Jeff got married in Vegas Tim and Charlie got married in Vegas it does seem like a bizarre like in Coronation Street if you don't get married in Weatherfield you get married in Gretna Green or Vegas I know so I I, I don't really buy that Elaine would go for that to be honest she seems to me a bit more of a traditional kind of girl but she was also very impulsive Mm. at the moment yeah Elaine's like yeah great and then Tim comes in and she says I don't want anything to do with you and then he she goes off to the loo and, and Tim and Stephen are left there and Tim says the only way you're marrying my mum is over my dead body. And Stephen gets this very cold look on his face and he says, I hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> if I was Steve and, T- and um, if I was Tim, sorry, and 
and Stephen said that to me, I'd be like, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean by that? I, I know, you gave a dramatic says... pause after you said it for the music to start. But, you know, now it's over. What what were you implying? No, there? but it does work because, you know, he, he obviously means it in a metaphorical way. And, you know, the implication is that I won't speak to either of you. And, and Stephen's re- supposedly responding to that, whereas actually he's responding to the literal threat. <laughs> he should have just burst out into... Into a Doctor Evil style laughter. He should have just gone. And him and uh... some days you just can't find your hole punch. <laughs> um, so you you still enjoyed this this week, did you? Love you, Are Uncle we... Stephen. Do you th- what, what do you think is going to happen with this wedding? Do you think Stephen's plan now is to like push Elaine into the Grand Canyon or something and pass it off as a, a tragic accident? Because the thing is, even could if they get married, and if the the if everything's in her name, he still needs to get her get in the will, doesn't he? So getting married is important, but it's not as important as being in the will. I can't remember how much you're automatically get transferred stuff from your spouse. Well, there's definitely room to death. argue, isn't there, about who her next of kin is, if she, especially mm. if she hasn't updated her will, which would assume leaves everything to lovely Timmy. Well, yeah, well, and now she's had that this fallout with Tim, hasn't she? She Take said him that out she the just will. she didn't want Tim in her like yeah, exactly. When you're an old be. lady, that's your only was uh, your way. only bargaining chip, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take you out the will. Yeah. And it's coming could come any time soon now, you know. Mm. Um yeah, so I I I don't know. I I'm getting less and less believing that he's actually going to bump Elaine off. I want him to kill Tim, and I know he's not going he's to. Not so it's going just to kill me. Tim. Stop getting your hopes up. <laughs> it's just sad. Um, anything else about this one? Did you? What did you? Were you expecting at all that he was going to murder those teenagers today? It was a storm in a teacup. I would have thought it would have been and had a, a some a little bit of publicity, and it has only been. Two, two, three. They've got weeks to leave it. He can't escalate this quickly. I think no. we need a cooling off period here mm-hmm. um, to let him stop killing people. But really, honestly, I love how with Stephen they've got it to the stage now where um, you have to. Every single time he's in a scene with somebody who says something he doesn't like, you're you're thinking he's gonna kill you. I know. Watch I know. out! And now his list is just growing. It's like it's like Father Christmas naughty list. <laughs> it's like Owen's on it, Tim's on it, these two teenagers are on it. Elaine's, Elaine's on, on it. it. Yeah. Who knows who's next? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, well, I think he could do like a, a, a bump off a person a week, couldn't he? And still keep us going for a little while. Well, there's plenty of people of in the cast. Right. Um, moving on then, we have got the. At last, light-hearted and kind of fun, but with a, still a slight sinister edge, because Hope was in it, the uh, the Sam and Eliza storyline. And we were left last week with um, us kind of wondering, you know, is Sam carrying a bit of a torch? Has he got a little bit of a, got a little bit of a teenage crush on young Eliza? And um, there certainly seems to be development in their friendship this week. Um, so Sam and Hope see Eliza after school and Sam's like, oh, we should hang out together. We had so much fun together last week. And Hope's like, oh, I'm not really keen on this. But anyway, they all agree to go to, to his house to, to meet up together. And I think this is where, was this where Hope and Eliza were walking down the Rovers and then Hope's like, um, ask me what my dad did for a living or something. He was a massive serial killer. <laughs> a, I love that. Just the delivery of it was fantastic. I'm still waiting for there Massive to be serial killer. Some kind of development 
about the fact that her mum's in her mum and gran are in prison. Oh yeah, there will be. There will be. There. I know, forgotten but it felt like that. that would have been a really appropriate. Yes, I, I yeah, that would have been a bit of a comeback, wouldn't it? But I I thought that this was this was just about this is the sort of filler that is absolutely pleasant and lovely and nice and fun to More watch. Of this. Not George making boats, and no. that's literally all that happened for a couple of scenes. This I don't was mind a, that either. This was like four or five scenes an episode, but it was all cracking. I'd so they go back. Rather have a week of Sam, Hope, and Eliza like negotiating their new weird love triangle than Paul slowly dying. Oh gosh, yeah, me too. So they go back to number nine, do a bit of karaoke. Well, Hope is hogging the karaoke, isn't she? She's showing off. Being a bit of a, yeah, show... uh, yeah, show off about it and sort of making that... Eliza give her a jar of coffee as a reward, an award or something. This is the sort of thing that didn't you used to do when you were a kid, like, or you would invite... I'm going to say no. No, but invite someone back, like, hey, come to my house and watch me play Mario, or, you know? Like, kids just love... Oh, yeah, I'm still like that nowadays, aren't I? Watch me Watch me, watch me play it. my new game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a really kind of sweet and wholesome and kind of also not, not so wholesome kind of weird well, Tyrone... drive that kids have Tyrone was there watching on the sofa wasn't he finding it all very sweet and amusing um and and anyway then um Eliza says well look maybe let's let's do something else now and Sam says well I can teach you to play chess or something and and Eliza's well up for that because she has apparently managed to get this far in life without learning where all the pieces go in chess who doesn't know how to play chess and so yeah she's and and Hope has got a nose put right out of joint by this she's like but he's this, no, I had that. So th- this this really is just a little love triangle story. Isn't I'm really it? sorry, it's, and also it's so cute. this is obviously reflects very poorly upon me. But I really identify with Hope. Yeah, do you? Like like why isn't everyone paying attention to me? <laughs> like sulking in the corner because she's not the centre of attention and like desperately trying to get get them to like get this boy and, to and like being her. super jealous too also of somebody having a friendship that it kind yeah. of excludes you too I mean, to be, they they did they were kind of dating weren't they they did the yes. whole handy holdy thing and going out to the cinema and uh, everything so i don't doing... really blame her um and, yeah, and, and sam's a player and and they they are old enough to kind of understand the the, the boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing and even how that little, might look even little first school kids know what girlfriend and boyfriend means yeah so when you're in the first year of secondary school i mean yeah sam he's been a bit naive if he thinks that hope is cool with him doing all of this kind of don't stuff don't play chess with so, another girl so hope hope it shows um shows sam what a hot woman she is by by teaching him the secret upside down biscuit eating technique and he works on chocolate coated biscuits yeah i i, I had a chocolate digestive at school today and i, I tried it Did this you way try it? oh yeah was Ooh. it better it was about the same can really. i just tell everybody that this is also how you're supposed to eat the gary is it you, you eat the fish, fish, fish side, side down, down. Oh, okay. because it touches your tongue first so yeah this, this is how kids uh, try and impress each other this is her um her, her dating technique. I can't is, wait uh, to see what she does with a jammy dodger. Oh, yeah. Um, and anyway, <laughs> so Sam it. thinks it's great, so he's back on her side again. I'll give Hope a tip. With jammy dodgers, what I like to do is I eat around so I'm left just with the heart. Oh, yeah, me. Because the heart's the best bit because it's 
mostly jam. <laughs> no biscuit in the way. Anyway, that that's kind of it with that. They they um they Stu comes to collect Eliza in the end, and Hope can't get rid of her quick enough. She like throws the coat. She's trying to like force her arms into the coat to get it's her out. So funny. And then she it's goes so and hilarious sits. How jealous she is of she this girl. She sits on the on the stairs and sulks, watching. And they're saying, oh, why don't we do this again? And she's like, bloody hope not. Well, she's on Wednesday got this mega revenge plan to presumably try and humiliate Eliza in front of all the cool girls at school. I mean, not that Hope is I was gonna Miss say, Popular herself, When I was watching this, I was thinking, not that long ago, Hope was being bullied at school and desperately trying to get everyone to accept her. I know. So anyway, so what, what happens on Wednesday's episode? We have these jollities at the Nadazias that are interrupted from a text from Weatherfield High. Well, just general Stu and Yasmin and Eliza and, and egg throwing and things like this. And Stu gets this message from them. And I don't know what time of the morning this is supposed to be that they're sending this message saying, yeah, that's fine. Your daughter High can come and live here. Not live here, what can come hell? to school here. Be clear about what you're saying. Well, I'm trying There's to be. There's a text. There's a text from Weather High saying... Eliza can come to school here. We have got a place for her. Hooray. And um, so Stu says, oh, well, maybe, you know, it's your birthday coming up soon. Stu and Yasmina saying, maybe we can have a party <laughs> with Sam and Hope and they can suggest some new friends for you and they can come along as well. And they have a lovely hug. What on earth could go wrong here? I thought you were going to say is <laughs> that, that um, Stu was like, well, it's your birthday soon. You can have going to a new school as your present. <laughs> Because, you know, uniforms don't buy themselves. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so Tyrone thinks this is a great idea as well. And uh, we see the kids in the cafe later. And Eliza's like, I, I, don't really, she, I don't really know. But Hope's kind of got her heart set on Eliza having a stretch limo for her birthday, doesn't she? Yep. And she says, oh, yeah, it's what your mum your mum would want you to. That's what all the cool kids are having these days. And it's, to be honest, isn't it? Um, and she says... So Yasmin goes back to ask Stu and Yasmin for this limo. And no, Eliza like, does. Eliza does. And she's like, well, okay, well, if that's what you want. And Hope's like, this is going to be brilliant. There's going to be glitter. There's going to be manicures. going to be all the cool girls from the school. That's going to be brilliant. And Eliza's like nodding away with Hope smiling evilly or whatever it is that she's concocted here. I recall this is how Carrie went. Oh, yeah. It could There could be a little bit of... um. Sheep blood, couldn't they? Mm-hmm. What 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 do you imagine is going to happen here? I, I don't. I I just kind of thought that that Hope was just trying to get stuff out of of um, Eliza that she wanted to do. She wants a stretch limo. So. She wants glitter. She wants manicures. So she's going to use um, Eliza to get them. But what she really wants is Sam, isn't it? So she needs Eliza to be out the picture. She needs everybody to... She needs Eliza to say, oh, I don't want to go to Weddy High anymore. Or I'm going to go back to my Catholic girl or whatever. And then she won't have Sam hanging around her. I think for Hope, it's almost as much about making sure that Eliza doesn't get Sam than Hope gets Sam. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in order for that to happen, she needs to be utterly humiliated by all the cool people at school. So I don't, I don't know I'm how she's going to do this. No, I, I don't want to guess too much because I'm just, I just want to watch and see the chaos. Yeah, it's so much fun. This is, this is, you know, out, out of everything. Hope's this fantastic. Is, this was my favourite story of the week, I think, just for the, it's just, just really, really cute. And it's and, also um, really I'm a bit sad that it wasn't on today. Human too, because Hope, Hope is really, I, I find it really relatable. 
honestly, she is acting in this story. You know, some of the things she's gotten up to are kind of fantastical. And you know, how how can you relate to a little girl whose dad's a serial killer? And the only way she can learn about what it was like as a person is listening to him talking about Wuthering Heights. Not so relatable. But being jealous of other people being friends and yeah, and um, also being carried away and and being really self centered. Yeah, like everyone was kind of like that when they were little. I can't wait to see what Hope is like when she's older. She's she's doing this now and she's, she's like great. twelve or so. What's she gonna be like when she's sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and older? I remember how she's gonna be the new Tracy. I was about Amy when she was little and she started channeling Blanche. Mm. But you know, Hope now she's got Evelyn. She's got the spirit of John Stape, and she's also got the pyromaniac yeah. streak. I think she's going to be a great character. <laughs> right, I just we... hope that she, they don't, you know, stretch her too thin before she even gets a chance. You know, I, I, I don't want it's, the joke it's a to. Danger. Yeah. Acid Ryan. Yeah. Monday. Carla notices Ryan's a bit more down compared to yesterday, and he says he's fine, but he's just in pain a little bit. And so Carla goes to the pub and tells Daisy that Ryan's finding things a bit difficult. So when Ryan's watching telly later, he texts Crystal, who he thinks is Crystal, mm. about what he's watching. Really, Daisy. Um, but it and it turns out that Crystal has been texting him. So when he when Carla gets back home, he's happy, and and obviously it's because Daisy's been sort of prompted by Carla saying that he's a bit down. Yeah. And she's like, I'll cheer him up by text by texting him. Yeah. This can't go wrong. Nothing particularly new there this week, was it? Just more of um, date. I think it's kind of been left for a little while, just for us to see. Say that you know when they come back to the storyline in one, two, three weeks' time, these texts have been continuing, and and it, I do. I it feels like Daisy's gonna start having some feelings for Ugh, for Ryan. I really hope not. I think. Can I just say that there's an unspoken uh, kind of juxtaposition here between the situations of Ryan and Paul. Because Ryan doesn't have a job. He's he's being supported by Carla and he's being allowed to sort of recuperate from what what he's gone through. And and yes, it's it's awful. Um but he's he's being given the space and the time that he needs mm. to get over what's happened to him. Because of the economic status of the family that he, he comes from. Now, sort of compare that to Paul, who's desperately trying to gather get as much money as he can, mm. sort of turn to crime because he, he can't imagine how he's going to earn money if he can't work because he uses his body to... Yeah, well, he's not going to get a job using his mind, is he? <laughs> Come on, let's be fair. That's really horrible. Not not but, gonna be not gonna be doing the uh, the numbers and the letters on countdown. <laughs> I don't know how much Coronation Street wants us to compare Paul and Ryan, but in my mind, that re- that really feels like they are on a similar path in in a, in a sense, in a broad sense, is that they're both kind of s- suffering with a physical yeah impairment. disability at the moment, and. You know, on the one hand, you know, Ryan will will get better, but he'll always have a scar. Hmm. Paul is destined for an incredibly tragic end. They're both similar ages. I don't know how how deliberate this is. I I think it's Ian McLeod's just like complete coincidence. I just was feeling a bit unoriginal with my ideas. Actually, that's not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) No, no, no. I know I'm not. I'm just joking. What I am saying, though, is that there's an opportunity here to compare them, and I don't know how much Coronation Street is going to tease out those differences. Mm. 
There are they don't really have any characters in common particularly, do they? There's nothing similar about them except the age. Yeah. And the fact you know, the fact that they're both in hospital mm. and the fact they've both got brown hair. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so the kit and kerfuffle storyline. I mean, it, it literally is. George gets a model boat kit. He's he's out of sorts over breakfast on Wednesday um, because Rest Easy, the rival um, funeral directors, are undercutting them, and and he he's just kind of miserable. And Eileen says, "Well, you you're working too hard. You need to find a hobby." And Billy says, "You know, first suggestion." How about model making? Because one of my parishioners is into doing that kind of thing. And George immediately is like, of course, that's what's been missing in my life all these years. Off to the toy shop I go. And he comes back with this huge golden hind um, model kit thing. Well, it was specifically he... the model, the, the golden hind that Billy brought up was yeah. the one that... He's, he's so unoriginal with his thinking about this. You can't even come up with a, a different idea than the Billy's parishioner. And on Friday's episode, Justin seems to be various stages of him covering Eileen's living room with various bits of plastic and getting his fingers glued together. <laughs> And then he gets them unglued. It's, do you remember? Do you remember a few years ago there was a story of somebody getting their hand trapped in a in a vase? I can't remember who it was. Maybe oh. was it Emma? Get as a hand trapped in a vase, was and then to do with Mary. I can't remember, but they they I felt at the time that they missed an opportunity for various comedy caperings that Emma could have had with her hand in a vase, and this could have also led to similarly hilarious happenings. But instead, it was just like, oh no, it's fine now. He's he's got his hands slathered them in oil and and now back to the model making and I'm like what what is this story? you know back in the day they would have got a good half an hour's worth of action out of George's mishaps with his fingers stuck together yeah could have been a whole episode it'd be the one where George gets his fingers stuck together but not these days um so yeah nothing nothing happened. but the Grimshaws they're just the ultimate filler family in recent years aren't they and it's a shame because there's some really really top quality actors there I think Sue Cleaver's great um, we we got Tony Morsley. We're just coming towards the end of watching Benidorm now, and he's been such a highlight. But it feels like the character of George is just not given anything really meaty to get his teeth into. And obviously, Todd, legacy character, Gareth Pierce is is fantastic as him. And they're just putting them in these tiny little. Oh, he's bought a sofa that's too small. Oh, he can't. He's snoring. Oh, he's got a model bow. It's. It's not exactly high stakes, is it? Are they ever going to have something huge with the Grimshaws again? Because they deserve better. I think George should start a podcast. That fills my days up. Well, that, yeah, is that that could be his new hobby, couldn't it? Yep. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> the Hodgehog. No. Hedgehog. Hodgehog. Hodgehog. Yeah. <laughs> On Monday, George, Craig is um, bombarding Faye with wedding plans and he's got a spreadsheet... And, and Faye's getting a bit snappy with him, but she's like, oh, are you, are you, are you okay? He says, are you okay? Have you got cold feet? And she's like, no, I, I would, can't wait to get married to you. About as convincing as that. <laughs> Jackson sees Faye in the street and he says, I'm, I'm really sorry that I told Craig about us and yesterday. And Faye says, you've broken our trust. I don't have any feelings for you. Stay away from me. And then Jackson gets drunk, goes to the pub that's chatting up Carla, Carla's he? there and he's like, right, sexy. I hope that really made me cringe. Mm. That was grim. Creepy. So um, in the pub, he he sees Craig, does Jackson, <laughs> and he starts calling him PC Plonker. 
And I think he, I think he kind of embodied the spirit of the nation. Yeah. For that scene, Craig's trying to cool him down, and Jackson pushes him over. So Craig's like, "You've assaulted an officer of the law." Wee wee wee! Fun police. He takes Jackson to the police station, and uh, Jackson's like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I told you that me and Faye were sneaking about." Uh, I just wanted um, Faye to be a full-time mum for Miley. I'm sorry, I feel so stupid. And Craig's uh, heartstrings are tugged a bit. And when Faye shows up to the station, Craig says, I'm not pressing charges. I don't want it to end up on on his police record. And Faye's like, phew, you've been so lucky. You could have lost that job in Slough. (laughs) (laughs) Jackson shakes. We did get quite a few um, suggestions for foreign Slough. Oh, we did, didn't we? Thank you, On our various social media channels this week. So thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll make sure to avoid them next time we go travelling. Shan't be going there. Uh, Jackson shakes Craig's hand and says, I'll keep my distance. Faye and Jackson then go to... um, Victoria Gardens and they sit on Martin's bench mm. and uh, Jackson's telling Faye that Craig's right and he's going to stay clear of her and it, and um, this is going to make things a bit more difficult but Faye's like no Miley needs a friendly mum and dad we have to get along how can we manage it when we've got such animal magnetism yeah mm. that was like whatever wasn't it, it was, that was that was an end to stuff before it, it it still it still doesn't feel like it's quite over yet, but I was happy for that to go on hiatus for the rest of the week. Um, and then in today's episode, we just had a few extra bits from Damon, didn't we? Damon in the sack story, where oh he's God, just sniff, such sniffing around the, the lawyer's office She's on and off during the episode. But and she goes um, in when... So everyone's at lunchtime having this meeting and Sarah goes in and Adam's sitting there with Alia and Dee Dee and Sarah's like, Adam, I thought we were going to have lunchtime. Well, yeah, they, they'd arranged a, a lunchtime shagging sesh, she, hadn't they? She's just looking at, like, honestly... Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Dee Dee, Sarah Louise, Sarah, Tina O'Brien. Tina O'Brien played this so well because she was like, Adam, I, I thought we were going to have a meeting. Just like that. I thought she did a really good job because she's obviously gagging for a shag. Mm-hmm. And gagging Adam's for like, a shagging. And Adam's like, I'm busy. And, and Dee Dee and Dee Dee and I are like, oh my God, the pheromones are off this woman. Get her out of here. I think we're going to get pregnant. Well, Damon starts coming on to um, Alia towards the end of the episode, doesn't he? But I think he's maybe doing it to try and get at Sarah. And make her think, oh, you could be, I could be slipping through your fingers here. You don't want to be losing me, do Damon, you? Damon, Damon, Damon. Alia's no fun. You don't want to go there. No, I know. Um, but that that was basically it. So like, just all, yeah, it's just like Dee Dee feels awkward. She knows what's going on between Damon. What has gone on between Damon and Sarah? Sarah's trying to desperately get a shag out of Adam. Alia's oblivious. Damon's trying to make Sarah jealous. Adam's like. I've got to get this court thing done. Yeah, I've got oh, to get my late got, night liquor, this, liquor license. I've got to get this... Yeah, I mean, that's dull, isn't it? <laughs> late night license. Um, so that was it. That we, 
under two hours for today's street talk. I said it would be a short one. But... Michael was napping on the sofa at one point during this. Yes, we did have a little pause for you to go to the loo, and I had a. Little... Uh, we had a pause for you to go and get water. As I well. know we did. We had Why two do you have little to pauses. Just slander me. I'm not. I said I'm, you went to the toilet. I'm an immortal being. I don't do any kind of biological functions. Um, apart from photosynthesis. Uh, <laughs> it was just a. It was an okay episode a week for me. It, it started off so much better, but. Yeah, Wednesday was too miserable and today was just a little bit not a bit disappointing. I'm going to set up some exciting things that didn't follow through. Ask you, was this week's crusty, dusty or soft? <laughs> I that really tickled me. What was that? Shona asking Shona what kind roles. of role you wanted. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this one... Um, I'm going to give this one three horizontal hokey flaming cokies out of... Five. And my character of the week is Ardy. How about you? Oh, Ardy, nice one. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, he, he was the top of my top episode, so I could get, you know, I could give it to Paul, but he want, you know, it was just a bit, bit miserable, wasn't it? It's sad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. I'll give it three and a half. A special hope eating biscuit techniques. Hope. Okay. I no, thought you were on. going to um, give it clubbing vickers at no, the beginning of the episode. Special hope biscuit eating techniques. Okay. Clubbing vickers sounds like a, a group of a group of a, like a Church of England um, jolly where you go and beat seals to death. <laughs> um, what did I say was my character of the week? You didn't, did you? I thought I did. Oh, I've already done it. Are you sure? Do you want to have a backup just in case you didn't? Did you? Did you say I said hope? two people. Have you said? I did say two people. Oh, we're both very tired. If we haven't, Gemma, if we haven't said a, if Gemma hasn't said a character profile, then um. No, a character of the week, character profile. I can't even be speak. quiet. I'm oh, gonna. These people from Reddit aren't gonna be tuning back into us next week. Well, it's. I mean, it's car crash podcasting, isn't it? This really is. Um, uh, Stephen, obviously. Okay. Okay. Time for some news. <laughs> News, news, news. Guess what? What? Andy Wyman's gone into the jungle. Yes, he's on. I'm a celeb now, isn't he? It's a curry fest there. We got Andy Wyman. We got Helen Flanagan. Hang on. He plays Kirk. She played Rosie. I know. I don't even know if everyone does. Enough people. Right. So Rebecca's our reporter. Yes, she sends us the news. She's not actually in South Africa. That he's not in the main camp because he had to do a challenge. Got beat by Mile in class. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. From hearsay. God, that bitch. Looks like he's in the main camp tonight, she says. Got to partner up with somebody. Not too much, much to report on Helen. Uh, but she's got some contraband. Well, Ginny McKee's been smuggling stuff. I don't know. It sounds sounds more exciting than it probably was. And um, she wanted, uh, apparently, um, Helen wanted Andy to come into the camp on the first boat. And they've been nice about each other. Why both working in the factory together? Did, did. And um, apparently a bit of insider Coronation Street gossip from the show is that Alan Halsell plays Tyrone, learns his lines in five minutes, but Andy struggles to learn his. That's quite ironic, really, considering that Tyrone probably has the more complex, meaningful lines and Kirk's just like has to say stupid things. The lyrics to Arseholes is quite difficult. Mm. Um, yeah, we have thank not you, seen. Thank you, Rebecca. Have not been watching any of I'm a Celebrity, but I, I'm obviously championing all who have been in Coronation Street to come out on top there. 
Um, now, next bit of news. This is quite exciting. So, um, Christine Mackey, who, who plays Dr. Gadda. Yes, that's she's, right. She's got an old, the whole news article to herself today, hasn't she? She's, Love been, her. she's been doing some, some other stuff, some non-Corrie stuff. I'm assuming this doesn't mean that she's left Coronation Street because Dr. Gaddis's um, appearances are sadly few and far between. Well, you know, but, Paul um, needs her more now more than ever. She, she's going to be doing a bit of Shakespeare, isn't she? Yep. At the Hope Mill Theatre, which is the one that we went to, a lovely little intimate theatre in, um, yeah, to, to the WT Vignettes in, in Manchester last year. And she is going to be taking the lead role in an all-female and non-binary production of the Shakespearean tragedy King Lear. Now I was going to ask she you about this one, Mr. Lear. She she is going to be playing Lear. Oh, Ms. Lear. Yes, um, I was going to ask you about this one, as you know, you have a degree in in English. I knew English. you were going to say this. What's King Lear about? I don't know. <laughs> You're not read that one, have you? No, I don't. Look, can I just say, normalise not knowing everything and admitting when you don't. I don't know what King Lear's about. Well, apparently this version of Lear... I haven't read all of Shakespeare. What? This version of Lear will explore the monarch colliding with the working class, the very people they have abandoned and let down, and a world where systems are breaking down and a plush corporate boardroom can fall into ruin and disarray. So this is like <laughs> I've got succession. no idea what that's all about. So when you say they, is, is King Lear a they... Um, the very people they have abandoned. I don't know. I don't could think be, so. Could be. Could be. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah. I mean, we you know we are big, big Doctor Gaddas fans. Um, but sadly, we will not be in Manchester between June the seventh like to, to June the eighteenth when this is going on. But if we were, we would almost certainly be there. So um, this is a. Um... I'm look. I'm going to read this because I think that King Lear mm. in this is a non-binary. Go on then. It says. In Lear, the stage and screen star, who's also known to Downton Abbey viewers as Daphne, Daphne Bryant, was. will take on a fresh and boundaryless approach to the story of the ageing monarch, who before dividing up their, their, their vast mm. kingdom between their daughters, asked them to prove which loves them best. Oh, well, there we Didn't go. Didn't know that. That could be fun. Christine Mackey has said there's lots of juicy stuff in there and the production is high in terms of energy. Well... That means everyone had a laugh and they We'd were like, We'd be there. So if you're living around that area and you don't go and see this, then don't know what we can say. Interesting. Now, I, I, I think maybe if you don't have a grounding in King Lear... As we don't. This might be too advanced for you to get the nuances of how this is different from the previous productions of King Lear. Mm. Maybe. But you should go anyway because go Christine Mackey's in like. it. Go and tell us what we think she's awesome. In a leading role. Yeah. Take your take your Conversation Street tote bags with yeah. you. And your water bottles. And your water bottles and your T-shirt. Yeah. And uh, show it off. Good luck, Mackie. I love get this. Get back to Corrie. Non-binary I'm sure King there's a story Lear. coming for you it's, just round the corner. It's very unfortunate there isn't a non-binary title for a king or a queen. Yeah, good point. Well, um, we, we, we there is some pictures of her dressed up as um, oh, she looks King so Lear, cool. doesn't she? She's like an... Uh, in a, in a fancy grey... She looks really mad. She's, she's, she's like... She's so annoyed. Yeah, considering that Dr Gaddas is such a, a lovely, warm person, but she's just kind of looking all kind of business-like and uh, she looks like she'd throttle you with a, a guitar string or something. Yeah. I can imagine. 
Anyway, she's looking very cool. Good so, luck with that. If you wanted tickets, I would imagine you can just Google Hope Mill yes. Theatre. It's a really Go nice and tell venue. Us what it's like. And they've got a nice um, little bar area. They do. Um, get well soon, Bavna Limba Chia, who used to play Rama <laughs> Habib. Oh, no. Slow Newsweek. She's What's, got a bad thumb. But it sounds like it's bad. Well, apparently... That she, I laugh when I think, you... But when you move the thing down, it actually sounds a bit more serious. Well, she said on Instagram um, earlier this week, uh, I think it was... What that happened? She's, well, she didn't really say. Oh, it's But she said she's got movement back in her thumb, but it's still not fully healed. So something's gone badly oh, wrong with her... Flip. With her big finger. And um, she's keeping everything crossed to avoid surgery. How's she going to hitchhike now? I don't know. I don't know. How's she going to express her approval of things and everything? How's she going to like so send, send um, gladiators to their death? How's she going to pull plums out of pies? I don't, don't know. We've, we've, <laughs> we've got, yeah, we're hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, more more ex-Coronation Street news here. Bruce Jones is going to be in Panto this Christmas. He is going to be in Beauty and the Beast um, on tour and this is the first time that Bruce Jones has been on tour for like 16 years he was saying so it's good to see him back doing stuff he's going to be at the Exmouth Pavilion in Devon the Melton Theatre in Leicester and the Majestic Theatre in Nottingham so um, if you if you are big fans of Bruce Jones and Les Battersby and, and pantomimes I suppose um, get yourself up to that. It's going to be running from December to January, I think. And he says, I'm really looking forward to appearing in Beauty and the Beast. I love doing pantomime and the experience and, and the experience and can't wait to get back into the pantomime mood again and have lots of fun. So, yay for him. Anything to add to that one? No, I just I just have this thought that there was something that we had to add to this and I can't remember what it was. What, news? Yeah. It wasn't about Adam Hussein liking those tweets, was it? We're not going to mention it, that one. I said specifically not to bring that up, no. And we won't discuss it. Um, no, we don't, no. Um, was there something else? I'm sure else? there was something else. But just to remind everybody that there are two... Peter Ash is doing his, his run um, for... MND yeah. and um, Vinter Morgan is doing his crossfitting yes. for Macmillan nurses. Yes. So if you would like to donate to those two, please, please do. They're both very good causes. Shall we do feedback? Yes. Oh, actually, I was just <laughs> oh. thinking, news-wise, there was going to be news this week. What? Oh, no. What? But it's there been isn't. put back. I wish I could remember. And that little secret bit, you'll have to wait and find out what we're talking about there. You tell you what, you don't get Kay Burley doing this, do you? Mm, Going, oh, I think there was some news, but I've forgotten what it was. I know exactly what it was going to be. There was going to be some news. No, it wasn't that. It was something else. For me. No, but I know, but I've just thought of that. (laughs) I know. I know what you're talking about. You have to wait and see. Right. Can you just imagine? I've got a secret, but you can't know. Hello, I'm Trevor McDonald, News at 10. I've got some, I know something you don't know. There's an embargo. See you later. <laughs> right, feedback, feedback time. Right, feedback time then. And um, yeah, I've, you know, I, I started off this podcast with such great intentions of getting this done early so I could play on my game before bed. I think I'm going to be hitting the hay pretty soon after we press the stop on the uh, on the old recording button tonight and have to leave that for tomorrow. But we are going to be going out for a nice trip tomorrow, actually. What is it we're actually doing tomorrow? Spring Fair, you've told me. Michael, you're turning 40 this year, which means we're going to Bewley for the Gardener's World Spring Fair. <laughs> oh, give me strength. 
<laughs> it would be lovely to spend a day with you, darling. And you and the in-laws. You said, you reminded me during our mini break that we just had. <laughs> We've we just, just been off to the beach. We've just been off to the seaside. We went to Long Beach uh, to see what Didi was going on about. Um, the, the thing I wanted to, to be added to the news was to remind everybody, in case you haven't got your tickets, to go see Sofa Cinema Club podcast. They're doing a, a live event at the Lowry on the 11th of May. So you haven't got very long. Um, at 8 o'clock it is. £23 a ticket. There's not many tickets left. To go, so you can go and listen What's to them. What's that got to do with Coronation oh, Street? Oh, it's only just three Coronation Street stars doing their own podcast. Mm. Ben Price, Colson Smith, or is it Colin? <laughs> and uh, Jack P. Shepherd, who play yeah. Nick and David and Craig. Yes. Doing their, they do a film podcast. Everyone knows about this. They're doing a live event. Go, go along. Take your tote bag. <laughs> would you go? Would you go and see it if you're out there? Me too. Let's go. That's the weird. Don't be a then. dickhead. What do you mean? Why am I doing that? What? Why you? I'd say I'd go and see it. It's the way you said it. <laughs> I'd go and see it. No, so would I. I think it'd be awesome. I expect there's going to be other celebs and stuff there. Um, right. So feedback then. Actually, what this section is supposed to be about, not about our weekend plans or extra news additions, but um, on the Facebook group. Last week's Coronation Street turned out to be fairly popular. 3.64 on average it was scored, including 3.4... No, that's not right. Really? He did actually vote it 3.4, but I don't think you can do that. Poisonous Hobbits out of five <laughs> from Richard. I'm going to give him three and a half and rounding it up. Fiona gave it three paddle steamboat fan dancers out of five. Sexy. And Pat was my favourite one last week. He gave it three and a half sucks on... <laughs> Three and a half sucks on a fisherman's friend. <laughs> half a suck. <laughs> oh. Um, right, so emails this week. Um, Rachel has said that she's just... Fi- this, I think this was a Facebook comment, possibly. I've just finished this week's bonus podcast, which I loved. And as a fan of the royal family, I have a few suggestions. You can't be a characters. fan of the royal family. No, 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 um, no, no. So for curry characters, you remind me of certain Windsors. So we did a listener question <laughs> segment this week, didn't we? And one of them uh-huh. was about... Corrie equivalents in the royal family or, or thereabouts. And uh, Rachel says, I agreed with most of your picks, but I would add Evelyn is a cross between Princess Anne and Queen Mary. Nice. And Bernie is a free-spirited Fergie. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the alternative version of Kate would be Shona. I quite like that. I mean, she was abseiling uh, just this week, so if she'd fallen and knocked her head... I bet, I bet Kate loves the uh, early 90s bangers just as much as Shona does. Who doesn't? Mm. And we, we did get some other suggestions for, for royal crossovers. It's always all, really always nice when really we, fun. Get, um, we get some people weighing Engaging, in with their yeah. ideas for I love, our listener questions. I do really genuinely mean it when I say, please write in and tell us what you think about X, Y, or Z, because it is really interesting to see what everyone thinks. Yeah. Shall I read Nicole's yeah, message while you drink your water from your water Newton here. and Ridley glass? Thank you. Wearing my Rover's Return jumper. So cool. <laughs> Just a sellout. <laughs> Just so cool, Michael. On commission from Nic- Newton and Ridley. Nicole says, it's been forever since I con- connected with you. I think it was last summer, around your 10th anniversary I fell really far behind in Corrie pre and post Christmas at one point I had over 40 episodes to watch I blame it on the business of Christmas deciding to watch all the Oscar movies The Last of Us etc no etc it doesn't help that I'm the sole Corrie watcher in my family so I need to find my alone time to watch it but I finally committed myself to it 
Got it done. Not hard duty at all. Binge watching Cory. It's kind of fun. That reminds me. Somebody on didn't somebody on our Facebook group this week write a story about somebody they they was a secret Cory watcher and they watched it under their duvet in bed and then their spouse <laughs> found out about it. I don't it. know. I I sometimes we'll miss things on if you write something and you're like oh how come I I don't see it. I don't, the, the, it's just so weird. It's the algorithm, isn't it? Oh, Facebook. Yeah, is. Sometimes things jump to the top. Why Sometimes does... they sink. I don't get it. Why isn't it, it chronological? Mm. Nicole says, anyway, I'm now caught up on Canadian timeline, which I see is even further behind. I think we're now three and a half weeks behind. Mm-mm. Now that's awful. That is. These last few episodes have been gut-wrenching, what with Cerberus dying and Daisy and Daniel's wedding. Oh yeah, that was a great period. Not like not like the gut-wrenching Paul getting his horrible diagnosis and mm. Amy not being able to get over what happened to her. No, that was great Spoilers. gut-wrenchingness. Such superb episodes. Maureen Lippman was amazing. Having recently lost my cat to kidney disease, exacerbated by something he ate, in, in quotation marks, I found it particularly hard to watch. I don't know if Maureen Lippman really does have dodgy knees, but I felt every twinge and catch as she got to the floor to be next to her beloved pet. It was all very well done. Totally agree. I'm sorry about your, about, yeah. about your cat. cat. That is sad. Um, so in your podcast, you mentioned that Corey has been releasing spoilers about the upcoming episodes. Luckily, I was completely unaware of it, so the acid attack was quite shocking. Oh, brilliant. Well done. I'm so pleased for you that you were sort of able to watch that as a... Yeah, as intended. I figured something was going to happen, especially after the curse was announced. But that was awful. Charlotte Jordan was amazing, as was Ryan. I guess this means Ali and Ryan will find their way back to each other. I haven't meant, managed to listen to all the podcasts, but I've certainly found time for the street talk sections. Always enjoy your recaps and discussions. Anyway, happy belated 2023. All the Thanks best. to you. Just wanted to let you know I'm still an avid listener and enjoy all your hard work and commitment. Thank you. Yeah, we've had a few people saying that they've been going back and watching a few bonus podcasts. I mean, you've got to be very, very committed to the podcast to keep up. I mean, I listen to three podcasts a week or so. So if you're going to be listening to everything we release... You've lot. got an awful lot of time on your hands. So people have been going back and like somebody said they watched our um, or listened to our Curse of Number Six this week. A few people from last Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know. And, and, and it's great. I'm glad, I'm glad people um, are discovering this. If anybody wants to help us out, can you go to YouTube and just watch all of our videos? Because we want to get paid. <laughs> I said that. Be, I know I said that at the beginning, but listen, we get like we get like forty p a day, and if we get if we get by the end of this weekend an extra 80p, we actually get the money. Yeah, we haven't had anything. It's just been sitting We haven't there. been paid. You have to get over a certain, over a th- certain threshold. And we're about to hit the threshold. But if we don't hit it by the end of this week, this, this Sunday, we have to wait another month. God. So please just watch everything and enjoy it and like it, etc. We appreciate you. I put on my video of me doing my unboxing this week, didn't we? Yeah. When I was on my strike day yesterday, don't bother we had watching, our big box of tote bags. Don't bother watching the shorts because they don't they don't really get us any money. Right, Rebecca says, <laughs> "Great work for me." Some people won't mind, honestly. There'll be people out there who will help us out. Just shove it on in the background, mute it, put us on your iPad, put us on your phone, put us on your TV. Watch, 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 watch. It's a watch party. Woo, woo, woo. Great work from Ryan Prescott, says Rebecca. (laughs) That's what you get for 10 years. Nearly 11 hard graft. 40p a day. day. You won't have adverts on the podcast. So YouTube is where we're going to get. adverts on the podcast. Ryan Prescott this week felt very sorry for Ryan. 
are you talking about Ryan the character or Ryan the actor or Astor? At least Ryan the character only had this happen to him once. Ryan the actor has to have the scars applied to him every time he needs to go on. I also think there might be something going on between Daisy and Ryan, especially with her sending the texts that Ryan thinks are from Crystal. I also like Carla this week and I'm glad that she's being there for Ryan. I knew he'd be revealing his scars, but I must have missed the picture, so it was still shocking mm. for me. And I also think Alia and Ryan will be together just a few speed bumps along the way. Or speed now, dolls. Now, I feel so sorry for poor Craigie. Fag really? Fag? Fag Oh my really? god! That is the worst shipping name I've ever heard. <laughs> Fag in it. Fag it until you make it. <laughs> Faye really needs to tell him, although when she does the engagement, we'll be, we'll over, be over with. with. I love the proposal, though. It was so sweet. I don't like Jackson, but in a way, he and Faye deserve each other. Also, I love Craig calling Miley, Miley Cyrus. I'm <laughs> Not really... the most original of um, pet names, though, really, I'm is really it? I'm confused about Jackson. I agree. I agree with you, Rebecca. I, d- I don't like Jackson either. And the fact that he was being, like, kind of casually sexist to Carlo in the pub. Are we mm. supposed to like him? I don't think... He's I don't... Too... We're supposed to be on Craig's team, aren't we? And, like, feel mm. bad for him that his beloved... You know, Faye, the the secret love of, or the love of his life, <sighs> is is being you know whisked away from him. But oh, I don't know. Um, Beth also deserves everything she gets, um, says Rebecca. Although she and Kirk will get back together eventually. I hate seeing sad Kirk though. Also loved Beth telling Craig that he was the one thing that she had done that was right. That was cute. Aww. Also, her telling Craig not to propose with a kebab when her engagement... Yeah, when her engagement ring was inside a kebab. See, I thought it was something like that. Was that a little slime off to the past for the That we for the totally went fans. over our, our um, heads. Thank I didn't, you, I, no, it made me par for Went over my head then. I'm on the same path as you, Michael. Thank you. I think Roy's heart pains will be something to do with being allergic to Freddy, leaving Evelyn to take Freddy from Roy to replace Cerberus. I did like the scene with Roy and Dr. Gaddis. I laughed so much when Stephen mentioned Jenny as a prize. Stephen, Jenny is not a prize. I also think my, uh, Paul might get pulled into the story due to the fact that he was listening to Carla talking to Michael. Sam and Eliza, too cute. I just love them. Also, I love that Eliza wants to move to Weathy Comp because Sam goes there. That's too cute too and Sam just can't see it. I also love Anytime Oak Hill is mentioned as well as it reminds me of Rosie going there. I'd also told, uh, took, taken the amount that Stu was offered. Hope isn't going to be happy about her Eliza. That didn't come up at all, really, did it? Apart from the fact that Stu's got bottomless pockets no, for stretching really. her nose. No, Finally, love the fact that Nina's getting reference as being 21 and that Asher wants to throw her a party. Aaron's definitely going to turn up, isn't he? And Amy might run away and be upset. That exactly could happened. You? Could possibly <laughs> happen, who could say. <laughs> However, looking forward to seeing the consent storyline coming back. Character of the week is Ryan. And I will give this week three and a half puns of Fantastic Mr. Fox out of five. Yeah. I, at least I love reading that, Fantastic Mr. No, Fox. No, I hate Fantastic Mr. Fox. Why? Do you just love all the food descriptions? Yeah, I do. Right? I, remember... <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. I remember reading it and it's like, we stole 400 turkeys and 50 pheasants and we roasted them and had a feast. Fantastic Mr. Fox is like bottom of the pile in rolled dal. Is it? I loved it. Fantastic Mr. Fox, James and the Giant Peach. Uh-uh. I hated so, James and the Giant Peach. ECO Trot. No. 
I like Desio Trot. No, sorry. I think you're just you're just scarred. Roll Dahl Excellence, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Witches, Matilda, mm-hmm. um, Twitch, BFG, Twitch, George's Marvelous Medicine, George's Marvelous Medicine. Those are the classics. See, I don't but know. They King... weren't. They weren't all bangers. I don't know King Lear, but I know. <laughs> I think you're just you're just traumatized from when we were working at a show and we were opposite the fantastic know, Mr. Fox. That... Display and they played the same goddamn clip from Fantastic Mr. Fox every from the movie. It was a creepy looking movie, and it was played that like probably about a 20 second clip played continuously for three days straight. Sold magazines, it was excruciating, Mm. right. Nancy, Nancy, is this the final bit this of feedback? This is the final bit of feedback this week. Oh, thank you, Nancy. So she says, Coronation Street continues to be, do a wonderful job with the Ryan storyline. I love the way Carla and Daisy hid their reaction from him when the bandages were taken off. Carla was wonderful. I was close to tears. When Ryan ran off, I thought this would be my first reaction. I had a scar on my face for a long while. I was afraid oh, no. it would be permanent, but luckily it wasn't. A bit like Todd's one. <laughs> do you think Nancy had a head swap you reckon I'm I don't know um, Crystal is not too smart she missed an opportunity to have a good DJ Ryan will feel worse when he finds out that Daisy has been sending these texts very right Nancy um, I loved Glenda and Kirk performing during Craig's proposal it's too bad Michael and Faye did not get together they seem better suited to each other Craig deserves better I hope Roy gets well. It looks like Evelyn is hiding her deep feelings for him. I love the salsa le- lessons with Glenda. It's clear to me Stephen loves Jenny. How come Elaine cannot see it? God, Elaine can't see anything beyond her nose. Nope. Stephen will put Elaine off until she steals her money or kills. Until he steals her money or kills her. <laughs> Paul should not be doing jobs for for Neil. It is wonderful of Billy. Niall. Niall, I don't know. He's going to come after me next, isn't he? <laughs> it's wonderful of Billy to pay off Paul's loan. It's interesting that Aaron seems he'll be welcomed at Nina's party. I have no doubt he'll show up and upset Amy. I love seeing the different reactions with regard to, to Aaron raping Amy. I'll give this week's episode three and a half lassies out of five. The character of the week is Ryan. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everybody Thank else you. who's given us feedback. And I uh, hope that you enjoyed this episode today. I think it's been a bit crazy. A bit tired. Yeah, I've... So anyway, I think I'm getting old. I'm getting old as well. I was thinking about that today. You used to be able to, you know, used to be able to manage a, a midnight podcast back back when I was thirty. It's getting harder when you're forty. Now if it's pants. I think we need to take up some kind of sporting hobby to get our endurance. Do you reckon? Yes. So, um, if you've got any ideas for that, email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find our website at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And you can... Why not both? Why not both? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Spotify and Facebook and YouTube and Patreon. Um, Don't forget, tote bags, tote bags, tote bags. We did release... A new podcast Patreon special this week, didn't we? We did, we did For those people in bistro tier of and above. Poshos. Top five poshos, yeah. We talked all about the upper class of Coronation Street and tried to decide who were the the elite of the elite, the creme de la creme, the poshest of the poshos. And um, that was quite a fun one to do. So I hope everybody on our Patreon who has access to that um, is able to give it a listen. Oh, and here's a question. What do you call posh people where you come from? People, we don't, I don't actually call them poshos. I was just trying to come up with a pithy, quick name for the I episode. call them poshos. 
And when I, when we were on the Isle of Wight, we used to call them yotties. Oh, yeah. Because they will come to Cowsweek and be obnoxious. So what do you call the posh people? Where you're from, let us know. Because I know that posh, posh, posh is kind of an, an English word that Americans started using more. But it sounds weird when you guys say it. What do you say instead? Yeah, well, I, I think that the word posh kind of went to spread mostly in America because of Victoria Beckham. Or Adams, that's as she was true, back then. That's true. I remember seeing clips because... You know, I was a little little bit of a Spice Girls fan and back in the day. I remember seeing clips of American news going, what the hell going, posh, is this? posh, what does that mean? I don't know what a word posh what, means. Do you know what the origin is? No. Port out starboard home. Oh. It's where you have your um your cabin on a on a cruise. Oh, there we go. You learn I, something I think. Well that might just be wrong. Um right, never mind. Don't worry. We'll enjoy our time together next week but for now that's it you have to get on with your own stuff now um bye bye the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com oh, oh, oh.